Hey Steve, do you remember Tila Tequila? Yes. Uh-huh. Alright, just checking. Welcome to the newest installment of the greatest <laughs> horror movie podcast in the known galaxy. It's mm. dead and lovely. I do. I remember Tila Tequila. Yeah. Never forget. Never, never forget. forget. <laughs> You're here with the host with the most. It's me, your good buddy Uncle Ben. Me, Hollywood Steve. And we're recording this episode where we're going to be having a good old chin wag about Silent Hill. We're recording this on December the 22nd. So we're on what? Festivus Eve, I guess? Uh-huh. Yeah. Getting ready to air <laughs> them grievances. Oh, man. I got Get the ready pole. for feats of strength. Mm-hmm. That's uh-huh. right. All I'm of our favorite traditions. Oh, yeah. That's out. a good idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just have a little razzle, huh? <laughs> yeah. A little razzle-dazzle. <laughs> And of course, if you want to get straight on to the movie review and find out if you should watch Silent Hill, you're probably <laughs> listening to the wrong show. Uh, but if you just <laughs> yeah, want to get to that, there's a timestamp for you. Any other podcast about horror movies? Yeah, maybe, maybe, because we're here to shoot the shit, have a good time, and all that stuff. So if you want to get right on to it, there's a timestamp for you in the podcast description. But you want to stick around because we got some good stuff this episode. We do. We, you want to mm-hmm. hang out with us here? How you been doing, That's Steve? Right. Are you feeling holly and jolly? Oh fuck no, man! <laughs> uh, <laughs> Here's a funny thing, dude. Like just just out of curiosity, this week I went back and scrolled through our past several uh, Christmas episodes that we've done. You know, because we did our Lord of the Rings episode last week and stuff. And I was like, I wonder what the Christmases were like the past couple of years. You and I have both had pretty disastrous Christmases for four or five years running now. <laughs> well, here we are. Yeah. Um, you know, like, I kind of, I guess leading up to this, it's just like, I've had just shit, just shit. And I, <laughs> just all shit. Um, I just don't, like, even know how to address it, because it's just like, I don't want to bum anybody out. This is coming sure, out sure. the week after Christmas, but man, fucking Jesus Christ. 2020, <laughs> man. It's fucking 2020. It's 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 just not even 2020 because 2021 is not gonna be better and that's the problem. Yeah, and that, yeah, yeah. Like I'm just, I know we're all mad. I know we're all mad, but like fucking, god damn it. Just you can do fucking, stuff to help. You can do tiny things to help, and a lot of people aren't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're I trying mean, to live in a society. Yeah, just like fucking. I don't know. I mean, there's not a whole lot individuals can do to fix everybody's problems, but if you can, I mean, it, it's it's the time of year. I mean, we're past Christmas at this point, but what the fuck does that matter? It's a, a timeless void of, of uh, pandemics. Just if I can help people, because the people we pay money to do that exact thing are not doing it, so... Do what you it's can. up to us. Yeah, that's yeah. right, man. It's as the great Mormon himself said, <laughs> yeah. flying through the air with his flaming pumpkins. Don't be assholes to each other, y'all. That's what he said. The great yeah. Mormon did once say that. Well, <laughs> I really hope that 2021, uh, you know, sees things returning to to some sort of normality in some way, and that people people can be good to each other and stuff. Right. But we'll, we got the we'll vaccine coming. See. 
My wife oh, got yeah, the vaccine, yeah. as I mentioned, you know. And it, you oh know. my lord of mercy, has she grown her second head yet? Well, today is the day uh, that it should have happened, and she's asleep right now. So I'm gonna guess it's happening in her sleep. And when I, we're done recording, I'll go wake her up, and she'll be like, "Oh, hey, it's me and me." Mm-hmm. Well, what's gonna happen is you're gonna you're gonna wake up in the middle of the night, and she's gonna be snoring and sleep talking at the same time you're like baby how are you doing that and you flick on the lights <laughs> two heads two of them. how's that i'm married mm-hmm. to two women now i'm a real mormon yeah, i was gonna say you're back to being a mormon <laughs> again i guess <laughs> i guess i gotta put on my garments huh mm-hmm. I they'll protect right. me from a fire don't worry oh yeah and the stabbings and stuff too and stabbings or whatever yeah it's mm-hmm. a good point it's a good point <laughs> well it's been a wild one man i've had myself a a pretty busy week honestly it's one of those deals that you know i feel like i've just stayed pretty constantly busy working on video stuff and uh Mm -hmm. you know wrapping presents and making stuff i always like to make a bunch of food stuffs and things like that that we are delivering this year we're not going to be doing really any in-person christmas stuff we did like christmas delivery gift drops for my side of the family there the other day and we're going to do the same thing for my wife's side of the family just drop stuff off on the porch and either open presents on zoom or just you know stand back and watch the the paper fly through the air as people open gifts or whatever but i ain't going nowheres i ain't going nowhere steve ain't doing nothing no um on christmas day my wife will be at work yeah i know but yeah i normally do get to hang out with family and i like that bit and that that's that's a bummer my mom did send me uh, a uh what do you call it uh one of them gift cards Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. yeah? Very handy. And it very had handy. a dog on it. Very sweet. Thank you, Mom. Mm, okay. I don't well, think very she good. listens, but I'm thanking her anyway. She knows. Her mom's senses are tingling right now. Yeah, you know, we're just going to stay in. Uh, I'm going to be cooking a prime rib for the first time. Never done that before. Fuck yeah. But That's awesome. I got a gorgeous-ass prime rib from Henhawk Butcher Shop in the old city, Knoxville. Yeah. Grass-fed, marbleized, ready to roll. I hope I don't fuck it up. Hey, Hinnock, if you ever want to, like, advertise, that's true. You your boys. That. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> I'll, right. take, I'll take meat <laughs> rather than money, honestly. I mean, the money's going to go towards meat anyway. Yeah, so what's the difference? <laughs> cut out the middleman, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man, so I'll tell awesome, you what. Yeah. Prime rib. I, I'm sipping myself on a little bit of nog right now. Oh, you're nogging it? Mm-hmm. I've got a cruise farm eggnog which is delicious Ooh. but i've also dumped a bunch of bourbon inside of it good call it's getting pretty good to me are you a nogsman are you a nogger oh i love eggnog i cannot have any like because if i did like dude you'll have all of it i'll have all of it that's always been my problem with like eggnog and things like peach nectar like things mm-hmm. that are super thick i i don't know why they just taste like so perfectly right to me and i can just go through (laughs) so much of it that it's like terrible like a a peach nectar or eggnog like and so like an infinite amount of sugar in every serving oh (laughs) yeah it's so good totally you got a a brand preference when it comes to a nog Ooh, i weigel's makes a good nog i was gonna say weigel's like i mean if if you're going full nog like you might weigel's is a local um uh, what, what is it? It's a gas, a gas station, station, basically, chain, slash yeah. convenience store, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they put sugar in their milk, which uh, makes their milk very popular. So if you're do going for eggnog, really? yeah, they do. They add sugar to their milk, which is why huh. their milk is so popular. That explains uh, it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's those are the people to go to for eggnog. Like, honestly, 
uh, uh, we talked about it, I think last week like if you're gonna go say French toast or you're gonna go like for for candy for breakfast or or whatever if I can go for it yeah, like just, just go all, go in, all out yeah you know it's like yeah don't do it every day but come on right but Treat go for it bit. when you do yeah this cruise farm one is really good it's not overly sugary it's not overly nutmeggy a lot of times people can go really overboard with that nutmeg and it just they becomes can. like an assault but this just has right. a nice mild amount to it it's also not overly thick like whenever you buy like i don't know like the southern comfort brand or whatever oh, yeah. you can tell it's just like oh this is a fuck ton of like carrageen in here that's just making it gelatinous and it sucks yeah. this is more like natural thickness almost like like buttermilk consistency or something like that Ooh, yeah that's how you it's like a taste it. of country living i'll tell you that man pretty damn good stuff so what have you been watching this week steve anything good man i have watched so much good stuff and unfortunately cannot talk about some of it because it just came out uh, just a little bit fresh I, I really yeah do not want to ruin it for anybody but uh, mandalorian season two is the Mandalorian is the best thing about the Star Wars universe, period. It's fucking like, amazing. I've seen people saying, like, oh, it's better than those sequels, and then other people being like, it's better than the prequels. I'm telling you, it's better than the original series. Wow. So you're that hardcore about it, huh? Yeah, it's by far better than those movies. Yes, you need those movies to set up the Mandalorian. Like, the Mandalorian wouldn't make any sense in a vacuum, mm -hmm. but God damn damn do they nail so every good. single story it's so fucking good man and it totally runs with the whole space western idea yes. that the original trilogy was founded on yeah and that's where where i love it like because the original trilogy goes with that but doesn't like nail the western the way the mandalorian does and i love mm -hmm. westerns so the mandalorian is the best I, I mean he's not even pretending that the original trilogy is not fucking amazing oh yeah i'm just saying the mandalorian is that good yeah totally it's at least on that level and yeah. there's Maybe so much better. of it that's mm. the thing dude is like at this point we have what like 20 hours of it holy shit <laughs> that's like 10 movies worth and it's all fucking awesome man yeah yeah i'm right there with you like i've not talked to anybody that hates it and i'm talking you know whether it's like hardcore star wars fans that lost faith with the new trilogy or right kids that grew up with phantom menace and stuff like that that love those more than we do right it's basically universal where it's just like if you like things that are nice you like the mandalorian because it's fucking awesome but yeah we it won't, really is we won't spoil it or anything like that because yeah there's some magic in this season and i don't want to take that away from anybody it, it unfortunately got slightly spoiled for me oh. and i was like oh surely that moment is not like the like pinnacle of the season turns out it was and mm -hmm. as it was about to happen i was like fuck 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 yeah god damn it i wish <laughs> i didn't know this was about to happen <laughs> <laughs> see i didn't know that it was coming and whenever that that thing happened like my, you know, hairs on my arm were standing up and shit. It's so it was good. like electric. It was yeah. fucking amazing, man. Yeah, they they really knew how to build the world out when they made that series, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think everything they're doing with it is is fantastic. And I would love to give John Favreau the keys to the entire thing I and just really let him, let him drive that. it. Yeah, and I, I think that that is in in the cards because, you know, that's that's the Kevin Feige MCU model. Yep. Where basically you have the one epicenter who's got everything in view and everybody else is you know pitching to him i really would like john favreau to have that control because i i i trust him i think he he could do it 
in a way that will uh, not dismiss stuff that's been done recently because i I think Mm -hmm. that's something a lot of star wars fans want and i don't i don't want this dismissal of recent movies or the prequels or whatever embrace all of it embrace the the cartoons embrace every bit of it you can and just roll with it i'm convinced if anybody can do it it's him it's him yeah absolutely and and fucking honestly like watching like i I won't say anything to spoil any episodes but watching and seeing it because i watch everything with with subtitles on because i'm an old person Mm -hmm. um uh seeing frog man yells in frog i was like that's that's the most honest star wars has ever been and i fucking love it that's true he is a frogman yelling in frog yeah you don't have to give him he's not a fucking frogonian or anything he's a frogman fucking whatever (laughs) just go with it yeah go with it and i'm like yes i want to thank you i want a soap opera about them frog people i want to just see them fronging and just developing their little <laughs> romance and stuff oh, i want to see that yeah they're so sweet those frog people they are uh, i love so them man. slight spoiler they're frog people i guess yeah <laughs> oh no fuck I, yeah i also watched big mouth season four uh, which again i i don't want to spoil but yeah like, we're fucking about how do you spoil it like three quarters it, of the way through it uh so we've not finished it yet but holy fuck was it not amazing? I've it's been loving it. It's the best. It. God damn, that show depicts puberty in a way no one has ever really depicted it. Absolutely. And it just continues growing, too. Like, that's the thing, is after the first couple seasons of that show, you're like, well, where else can they go with this? And then, even in this new season, there's still more new directions and new perspectives and things that you've never seen explored this way. Like, all the time while we're watching Big Mouth and just, you know, laughing our dicks off... My wife is just constantly like, I've never seen girls' puberty depicted this way before. Because it's accurate. Yes. Very accurate. The show is so good at depicting so many different perspectives in a way that, like, just no other show has nailed on the teenage oh, yeah. level. I mean, like, Freaks and, and it's Geeks also hilarious, and some other shows though. have been really good at it. But yeah, this show nails it and makes all of it funny. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's funny, too, because it's like it makes some of those, you know, honestly, big topics about sexuality and going through puberty and changing as a as a human and stuff. It makes that stuff a lot more easy to digest and a lot more easy to approach because you're laughing the entire time, too. Yep. It really is fantastic and is doing things that no show has has ever done. And it's a fucking animated Netflix show. I can't say enough about it. Also, uh, just after seeing season four and you telling me how much you were liking it as you watched it, yeah. I really think you need to watch BoJack Horseman Dude. like as soon as possible. <laughs> like, So that's another funny thing is like going back and listen through those earlier holiday episodes. I just listened to the intros of a few of them. One of them from, I think, like three or four years ago, we talked about Big Mouth uh-huh. and BoJack Horseman. And I was like, I need to watch that. <laughs> you do. Dude, BoJack is like the it's like grown up Big Mouth. It's like, oh. what is adulthood like in reality? Oh, okay. I got yeah. it. And it nails it. And it's all, I mean, you know, it's not everybody's adulthood, but it is adulthood for people who work in entertainment and stuff like that. Like, nice. it's exactly what adulthood is like. And it's scary accurate and Word. <laughs> like just nails everything and is funny. And also just like Big Mouth can really cut you to the mm-hmm. exact like core and be like, 
fuck how no why are you looking at me this is a, yeah how did they know this about me <laughs> <laughs> badass dude man so yeah definitely watch the big new season big math if you've not have you caught anything else cool this week yeah i watch okay I, well as far as cool uh, but i watched something i watched... <laughs> you watched a thing huh yeah okay so um you know it's it's uh at this point we're around christmas and my my thought was i'm gonna watch all the black christmases this month and we talked about black christmas 2019 last uh last episode yeah and of course i'm gonna watch black christmas 1974 on christmas itself but i never had seen black christmas 2006 yeah i knew people hated it but i never saw it boy let me tell you something about that movie <laughs> it's really good it's it's a cinematic experience the likes of which has never been known okay so last week we talked about how 2019 seems like so disconnected from the movie it's remaking yeah 2006 seems so connected and then like overly disconnected like Ooh. it is like th- it's like you know that movie you like right well <laughs> hold on <laughs> um it, it has like just uh, gorgeous women in it it kind of nails that like black christmas vibe like the beginning where it's just a bunch of gorgeous women you know having fun at a christmas Sorority party house yeah yeah um but then like it it doesn't waste any time getting like cute about who the killer is. You know who the killer is, and guess what? The killer is also yellow, like that dude from Sin City. Oh, oh, like actually yellow. Which is probably what I think it said in the script. Yellow, like that dude in Sin City. So you're saying like in this reality of Black Christmas, there are like mutant people that are banana yellow. No, well, he has a liver something. Okay. Anyway, it also <laughs> it is also one of the rare horror movies where someone dies in it unrelated to a killer. Oh, cool. Somebody just dies of natural causes or something. No, by an accident. After <laughs> the killer kills somebody else. And it's not like, oh no, they ran and ran into a pitchfork type of thing no like absolute happenstance then kills them what here's the thing though black christmas 2019 i think is a movie that stands on its own like it it shouldn't be called black christmas this had to be called black christmas because it is so like playing off of black christmas but it's so different in a ridiculous absurd way that it's i think it fits into the category of good bad movies because it's very watchable and funny how ridiculous it is but it didn't really mean to be i i don't know if it did maybe it did (laughs) maybe it did i don't know maybe it's that self-aware who knows it's almost like whoever wanted to adapt the movie whatever producer or if it was glenn morgan himself it's like that person saw black christmas as a kid in a particularly silly mood and they thought it was like a silly fun movie okay all right and then they were like adapting it from that memory instead of rewatching it <laughs> that is a strange way to go about making yeah. a movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you know maybe watch it i mean honestly it, 
as far as Christmas uh, horror movies go, it, it's fun and stupid. Did you like it better than 2019? I think 2019 is better, honestly. Like, oh it's, wow! Ugh. I think it, I think 2019 is a better movie in like what it's trying to do and like how how it looks and stuff and how it's acted. But I think 2006 is probably a more entertaining watch. Hmm. Okay. But, All right. But entertaining in a different way. It's not like if if you're looking for Black Christmas 1974, watch Black Christmas 1974 because neither of the remakes fit that same vibe word yeah i get it man you watched another christmas horror flick that i also happened to check out recently uh a better watch out right yes yeah you recommended it you said you watched it and i was like well fuck you know i'm trying to watch christmas horror movies and i haven't seen this one so turned it on and dude that movie is tense pretty cool right yeah i was surprised by it man because i kind of watched it because i was like man I watch the same movies every year. Like a lot yeah, of my exactly. stuff that I've, I've watched been this week to is find like new stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a lot of the stuff I've watched this week is stuff I've watched every year that I've said three or four years now on the podcast. <laughs> so I was like really excited to try to find a new Christmas movie, much less a new Christmas horror movie that was, you know, pretty good and pretty watchable and one that I'd see again. And I stumbled across that and I was like, damn, this is very different from what I was expecting, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. The, the the teen actors fucking nailed it, dude. Like, it yeah. was so tense throughout, and I hate... I, I don't want to, like, spoil anything. I sure. hated the antagonist so yes. much. Oh, my God. Absolutely like, so. so hateable. For real, man. But also, it, it plays out in a very logical way where it's like, you think this is going to happen, and it's like, yep, that's what happens, but also, boy, that was brutal. God yeah. damn. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think it's any kind of spoiler to say, like, watching the preview for it got my attention, and yeah. I thought it was going to go one way, and then you watch the movie, and you're like, oh, oh this is a different movie. Yeah. yeah. And I'm okay with that, personally. Like, Me too, it, yeah. The direction it went to is better than the direction I thought it was going to go, so I was happy with that. It did a really good job of, like, maintaining tension in a way that, you know, I, I, I think it made it, it made it one of those movies i definitely will go back to in future christmases what have you been watching man man other than just the usual christmas fair that we usually check out we caught a couple of things this week one of which was the 2019 christmas carol series which we happened to put out a patreon only episode where we reviewed it we put that out on a crimbus day this year and a crimbus day if you support us on the patreon you can get a listen to it but if you don't you can't fuck you Ooh. <laughs> 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 yeah they needed that I, they really did <laughs> yeah <laughs> so even for just a buck a month over on our patreon page over at patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely head over there that's right you can check that one out and find out our thoughts on that uh pretty cool pretty cool stuff yeah. Also watched um, Babes in Toyland. <laughs> okay. Which I haven't seen that in a long time. Dude, I had never seen it. It's one that, that Kate watched when she was a kid. Her and her sister loved it because it's got songs and it's got Keanu Reeves and it's got Drew Barrymore. And, uh, you know, it was like one night we were working on Christmas stuff and wrapping presents and all that kind of shit around here. And Kate was like, guess what I found? One of my childhood favorites. And she put it on and I'm like... 
this is a nightmare. Uh-huh. I was extremely fucking weirded out by this thing. It made me feel bad. As a child, I was very much weirded out by it. Uh, that's yeah. kind of why I laughed when you said it. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, What's with why the would weird you bird voluntarily guy? watch that? Yeah. Like, there's a guy that looks like a weird vulture, and he's got like a fucking six-inch-long thumbnail. Mm-hmm. And nobody in Toyland suspects that he might be the evil guy, even though like his little henchman <laughs> buddies look like goddamn Nosferatu and damn Nurgle from Behemoth. What yeah. the fuck? I mean, that's just, uh, that's how, what was it, the late 80s, early 90s? That's how that say, was. Dude, it's yeah. just a reminder of how much cocaine was floating around the states during this time period, because this is just a big old cokehead party, for sure. Yeah. It did not make me feel good, Steve. No, no. I will not revisit that. No, why would you? (laughs) We also watched a really cool and neat documentary that was put out by one of our favorite YouTube channels. I've talked about the Try Guys on here Uh a couple of times. Um, Four dudes who started off on um, BuzzFeed together and Uh split off to form their own entertainment group, their own YouTube channel and stuff. And, uh, man, they're just really, really cool. Like, they're, they're four yeah. dudes, and they try out new things, and it's just good, fun, entertaining stuff. But they're also, like, very super pro LGBTQ stuff. Last year, they put out a book, which is called The, the Hidden Power of Fucking Up, which I, I really enjoy the title of. Mm-hmm. And they also did, like, a tour where they, they did, like, a touring show. Like, it wasn't, like, a book tour. It was, like, a touring show. And uh, they put out a documentary that you could buy tickets for. Of course, I'm sure it was supposed to be slated for like a limited theatrical release, but 2020. So they did like a streaming thing where you could buy tickets for it and watch the premiere. And they had like a, a red carpet thing that was before it and stuff. That was really fun. And I was just very happy to, to give those guys some dollar papers. You know, it's like, yeah, I've watched their videos and stuff like that. But dude, I've watched thousands of hours of those guys on the internet. It felt good to actually give them some dough. Well, we bought the book last year too, which is really good. Yeah. It was totally fine, man. It was a good watch. Very well made. And um, kind of gave you some good behind-the-scenes stuff about what it's really like to be booking a tour while you're also putting together YouTube content and while you're also, you know, having kids at the same time and all this kind of shit. It was a good watch, man. And I, I do and think Eugene that they're just came out dudes. last year, too. Like there's That was the, a big you know, part of it as well. Yeah, it's his big coming out video. That beautiful music video that he put out, which yeah. is amazing. You watched that, right? I did. I did. Um, I, I like watching it like one very powerful, but two, uh, all I could think about was, uh, that episode of always sunny with max, uh, uh, per, like interpretive dance at the prison in front of his dad, <laughs> which is by the way, one. you haven't, it's gorgeous. No. Like oh, wow. it is, it is one of the few episodes of always sunny where shit gets like actually serious. And it's like, wow. really yeah it's like deep like all right (laughs) um but yeah like that that, that's what i thought about when i saw that video but yeah it's it's beautiful it's a wonderful thing so i've also seen uh, keith eat a lot of things so oh yeah yeah eat the menu videos are always good they are especially because uh keith has those like uh, ridges on his tongue so everything spicy is like super spicy to him oh yeah oh yeah he gets blowed up all the time man Mm. Yeah, good watch. So we enjoyed that and stuff. And it was fun just kind of like being there and being a part of that. But I'll tell you one thing about this year 
that I'd kind of totally forgot about. And this has kind of got my, my gears turning a little bit here where I'm like thinking about things that were a normal occurrence pre-2020 that I've just kind of totally forgotten about because we paid okay. tickets to watch, or sorry, we paid money for tickets to watch this live stream thing. So we're sitting here watching it mm-hmm. and uh, we got some Adopo pizza. So we're eating and stuff while we were watching it. And one thing I'd kind of forgot about because I've not seen a movie in theaters since goddamn Birds of Prey in like February Oh, damn. You remember how, like, whenever you're watching a movie in a theater and you really have to pee? Uh-huh. And you just kind of have to, like, play Russian roulette and figure out if it's a good time to go, or you just sit there and hold it in misery? Mm-hmm. Forgot about that. Because that's what I was yeah, doing during this worse. stream, where I was like, I'm about to fucking pee my pants, but I can't pause this because it's a live stream. Kind of forgot that that was Ooh. a thing. Eey. Normal that's, little things I mean, that you just forget about. Are, do we miss that? I don't. I don't we miss don't, that. Right? Honestly, I don't really miss that. And I was thinking about yeah. other stuff. Like, dude, like, when's the last time you went to a restaurant and had to wait on a table? I mean, I don't eat in anywhere anyway. But like, right? Well, I haven't gone to a restaurant ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> never. You've never been to a restaurant. Months, I have not <laughs> gone to a restaurant. So, yeah, I bet that's not a thing anymore. You know, it's just one of those things that I'm like, I don't know the last time that I did that when I was like, I want to yeah. go eat somewhere. And then they're like, you have to wait before you can sit down. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I've eaten outside on a few patios and stuff like that over the summer. Uh-huh. But that's that's about it. It's just like little things that you forget are like normal, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man, I'm missing normality. I honestly like, man, I, fuck. Like, I hesitate to talk about this shit because it's just like, I don't want to burden anybody, but also like... At the same time, though, I think everybody's going through it, right? Yeah, everybody's going through it. Just like, I I don't know what time it is, ever. Yeah, yeah, never. I don't don't see the sun most of the time. Like, yesterday, or wait, today... (laughs) There we go, case in point. (laughs) Yesterday was the shortest day of the year. Oh, yeah. Like, I had physical therapy, so it was the first time I had seen the sun, like, been out in it in a few days, and it re- I felt like a fucking vampire. Like, <laughs> Did you feel like Gollum coming out of the cave? Yeah, like, fucking, it hurts us, precious. Like, I, I did not <laughs> like it. I, dude, I, I just, I think, I, I know everybody's going through it, but, like, and it's not unique to anyone, but it's also, like, Boy, it it sucks. Yeah. It fucking sucks, man. I I don't remember. I don't remember the taste of bread. <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> uh, it, it burns us, precious. Like I strawberries feel like, and cream. <laughs> yeah, I just feel fucking like out. I and get it, man. It, uh, Silent Hill. <laughs> honestly, this movie, like I I don't love it in any way, but Mm-mm. it felt right. It felt like yeah. You're just in this separate world. Yeah, where time is kind of irrelevant and, and stuff monsters just cycles. just and... exist and everything sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little too accurate, huh? I, I get what you mean, though, man. Like, honestly, you know, I've I've been very thankful and very fortunate to be very busy all year. You know, where it's like, yeah, I've not been out touring and playing shows and doing rehearsals and stuff like that, but I've constantly maintained a level of busyness, but... I think honestly, it's just because it's the holidays and I'm like, I'm in that rhythm of the year where I'm like, this is the time where you're supposed to be going to see your family and see people. I've kind of been having a little bit harder time with it this week too. Yeah. I feel more like a fucking shut in because of it. 
because yeah. it's just like like no matter what the, around this time I would still go see my family like even if I hadn't seen them all year it was like well Christmas I'm gonna see my family so eh, fucking sucks it's odd man but you know that's the that's the great thing about having creative pursuits uh, such as doing a podcast yeah you know, it gives you something to focus on. It gives you something to do and a reason to, to interact with other people as well. Because, you know, I don't do a lot of hanging out with people these days, Steve. <laughs> no, no. It's Approximately the worst, none. Dude, I, I miss everybody. I miss, anybody listening right now, I miss you. I don't even know you. I miss you. I miss people. It is the worst. I, I just, I do want to get back to normality. So let's all fucking get injected with our bill gates microchip and get our superpowers or whatever i don't <laughs> just uh, get on with yeah. it yeah <laughs> i'll tell you what steve i would like to raise a toast to that i finished off my my eggnerg and i'm about to open myself up a co-beer a dead and lovely tradition i've got myself a lagunitas sucks that i'm sipping on you sent me a picture where you got a six pack of yeah that yeah a couple I weeks ago got me jealous. i was like well i'm gonna drink like, I, I don't drink beer very often, but Lagunitas sucks is out, so fuck yeah. You gotta get that, it. man. Yeah. Well, well, Kate actually surprised me with it. Come back from the grocery store with a, a sixer of sucks, and I was like, oh, my lord, Steve just had himself some of this stuff, uh-huh. so I was excited to have me some. I, I raised my glass to you. Lagunitas makes a quality item. I'll tell oh, you yeah, that, man. Do. Yeah, uh, I, This beer does not perform as advertised, as it does not suck. That's true. That is a good point. It is. It is lying to you by existing mm-hmm. yeah it's saying to you we we suck but in fact they do not no not at all man it's a delicious beer like it's a little yeah. less hoppy than let's say the maximus or the hop stupid or the regular ipa it has a little bit more of a malty backbone and i think the abv is higher i want to say it's it, is. it is eight percent or something like yeah. that so it's a little bit different for lagunitas but man i was thinking about it and i was like i don't know if i've ever had any Lagunitas beer that I would describe as sucking. Like, I think they're no. I think the all lowest, amazing. Yeah, the lowest tier is the Czech Pills. Which like, is still really it. good. It's like, still that's really beer. fucking good for a Pilsner, yeah. Yeah, that's the beer that <laughs> led me to Lagunitas. It's because, like, even before I drank IPAs and stuff like that, I saw that Czech Pilsner at the Pick-A-Six at the Food City. Yeah. Well. And uh, I got it, and I was like, man, these people know how to make a good beer, and that's what led me to Maximus and shit like that. Yeah, I yeah, I'm a big fan. I am drinking on an Evan Williams. I same thing I was drinking last week. In fact, yeah. Evan Williams bottled in Bond 100 proof. Woo! Look out. I don't know uh, how readily available this is to people, but if you like a nice spicy bourbon, I guess it's not a bourbon. It's from Tennessee. It's a Tennessee whiskey. If you mm-hmm. like a nice Tennessee whiskey with some spice to it, fucking Evan Williams bottled in Bond a 100 proof. It's like 25 bucks a half gallon. I Come know on. that sounds like it's not good, but it is so good. Oh, yeah. I've waved the Evan Williams flag for a very long time. I even think just the regular Evan Williams black label is far yes, superior to, like, so let's say, good. Jim Beam and, yes. and even straight up Jack Daniels. I mean, Agreed. if you're making Jack and Coke and you are craving a Jack and Coke, Jack Daniels is kind of the only thing that'll do. Oh, Same yeah, goes you for want like that a, exact Captain flavor Morgan profile. Coke. Yeah, Captain yeah. Morgan and Coke is very specific because Captain yes. Morgan has like a certain sweetness to it that really complements uh, Coke. Coca-Cola. Yeah, For sure, man. But, you know, if you're just going for just like, I need some cheap whiskey, whether you're making a mixer or just drinking it neat or whatever, I think Evan Williams fucking stomps a lot of stuff out there in that price range. 
Yeah, I drink it neat all the time. I'm telling you. Evan Williams. Fuck Evan Williams. Holla at us. Yeah. Sponsor your boys. Fuck around. Find out. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, cheers to you, Steve. And I'll tell you what. Cheers to Vigi Games. Because I'll tell Vigi you this, man. Games. I love them. I myself have played a Vigi game for quite some time in my life. In fact, I would the say... The entirety of my life, as far as I understand. Wow. That's a long time. Yeah. I, I, I My earliest memories involve playing video games. So. Some of my earliest do as well, man. Yep. Absolutely so. Because we got our Nintendo Entertainment System... You know, right around when that came out, which I would have, I would have been barely alive at that point. But some of my first memories are of playing it. We had Odyssey Two. Oh because wow! Because my grandmother worked at the Magnavox factory in Jefferson uh-huh. City, Tennessee. That's right. Uh huh. So growing up, like we had had the Odyssey Two the entirety of my life, basically. That's cool. Um, so it was like playing turtles or playing uh, basketball or whatever, like. The games were not good, honestly. <laughs> like, whenever the Nintendo came out, we were like, what the fuck? This is the thing you can do with video yeah. games? Like, You're what? allowed to do this? Yeah, they can move fast. Because remember how fast Mario is? Like, he's so fucking fast. Oh, yeah. He scrolls to the side rapidly. Yeah. Like, Sonic obviously changed the game. I uh, Let's get into the preview palace. Because yeah. I'm already... <laughs> <laughs> We're getting amped up just to talk about this stuff already. Right. Welcome to the Sonic Palace? Ch- Chili Dog Palace. I'm Vig waiting. Game Palace. Tap, tap, tap. Gonna get some <laughs> rings. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> get them, man. Yeah, we decided that here for the Preview Palace portion of the show, we'd like to sit down and do a little chin wag about some of our favorite... Vigi game is about a top yeah. five of them there. And I'll tell you what, as That's far as the perspective, hard. oh my God, yeah. But as far as the perspective from my list right here, you know, I feel like it's worth mentioning that all through my childhood, I was super hardcore into video games. Yeah. Like extremely, extremely obsessed. Like, like go outside insane. type of like, get off of that. You're sitting yeah. too close to the screen type of shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like maybe we should limit how much you can do right. this. Exactly. Like the concept of limiting it was brand new. <laughs> Where oh, your mom's yeah. like, maybe we should. And it's like, nah, mom, no, nah, you don't need to do that. <laughs> well, that's the crazy thing about it, man. It's like back then, you know, especially growing up when we did and where we did. Yeah. If you were a boy, in the late 80s, early 90s, and you didn't play sports, it was really weird. And I didn't play sports at all. Like, I like to do art, and I like to play video games. And those are two things that none of my friends did. All of my friends were out there playing, you know, uh, baseball, basketball, soccer. Like, they were all kind of sports dudes. And I found something that I was really good at but the thing is, is because of the time period, it seemed very trivial. And it was all like, what are you wasting your time on that stuff for? And it's like, well, you know, cycle 20 years in the future and there's like millionaire right. <laughs> fucking competitive yeah. gamers. Uh, but I think that it was kind of a unique thing for us to see the value and the quality of these video games. Same with comic books and stuff like that, too. It's like we were like, oh, this is these are fucking cool stories. But people looked at it like kids stuff with video games. I was like, this is something I could see a lot of people really getting into and really enjoying if they gave it a try but everybody was too busy being outside moving their bodies around like why would you do that (laughs) 
Well, I was outside um, basing a ball, footing a ball, you know, basketing a ball. Yeah, I yep. was doing all baller. those things. The shot call, I, a brawler. <laughs> yes, that's what they said about me. They were like, that kid is a <laughs> shot caller. Uh, <laughs> but I like I was doing those things, but like those things were kind of forced upon me. I'm glad they were. I, I very much appreciate all the experience I had in playing sports growing up, but um, I always just wanted to be playing video games. Like, I like just Lana wanted, Del Rey. Yeah, very much like Lana Del Rey. I was like, I do not want to be catcher right now. I want to be Lana Del Rey right now. <laughs> People are like, who's that? You're like, and I was like, don't about worry, you're going to figure it out. Find out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was always just wanting to play video games. My cousin, uh, Buddy, it was the same way. Like, we, yeah. we played on, on teams together, and it was just like, boy, I wish we were all playing video games instead of this. Um I, I, the escapism of video games has always been my thing. Like, I love the way video games bring you into a new world and let you be whatever you want to be. Yeah, no, I totally get it. And of course, you know, especially nowadays, there's something out there for absolutely everybody, whatever it is that you're wanting to get away from and go do and pretend to be or pretend to be in for a little yeah. while. It's like, there's something for, for everybody there. And that was absolutely uh, my world, my entire you know childhood and teenage years, and eventually when I started playing guitar when I was about sixteen or so, you know that became such a gigantic focal point for me in my life that it was like something yeah. something has to go. Like you're doing this eight to ten hours a day every day. Like there's not time for comic books. There's not time for video games. Like a lot of the things that had been my obsessions up to that point. There just simply wasn't time for it because guitar really, really right. took over. Uh, so a lot of my list is going to be informed by like, okay, I did all this stuff really hardcore until the late 90s. And then since then, I've discovered a few things that I've become hyper mega obsessed with that are more like pick up and play and it makes me super stoked for a while but then I can always put it down and get back to work and playing guitar and stuff like that on my list. And one thing that I'm super hyped about, man... You know, as I said, we're not doing like Christmas Eve and Christmas Day as a family or anything like that. We're mm -hmm. doing everything long distance and we're staying here at the apartment and stuff. But I am so stoked because we have just basically made plans to like fucking play video games for those best. two days. Like yeah. we're just going to lay around and eat and drink and play fucking video games. And I'm so stoked about that. So I'm sure there's a million things on my list here. Uh, or rather, there's a million things that aren't on my list that I would become mega obsessed with but i just don't know about them because oh absolutely dude you know? same for me my list is huge and i really am going to be str like i am still struggling oh yeah at this point to whittle it down to five so you got any honorable mentions maybe that didn't quite make your list because i know for me i would put stuff like the gran turismo series and like need oh, for speed like man I'm Need not for even going to say that. Oh, yes. my God, dude. Yeah. Gran Turismo, I'm not as into, but Need for Speed, God damn, those games are so awesome. Like, Hot Pursuit and all that shit yes. back on PlayStation was so fucking fun, man. Yes. Like, although I won't say that, like, racing games are like, oh, I fucking love racing games. They're my favorite. Those two specific series, dude, and Mario Kart, like, I have put... I love so specific many racing team. games. Yes. Yeah, like totally. it's it's a very specific racing games that kind of nail exactly the feel that you want. 
I don't like, say, Gran Turismo or Forza where it's it's the, so the actual realistic feel of racing. Yeah. Yeah, I want it to be a video game. Mm-hmm. I get that, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, like, an honorable mention that, like, I, I get, man, it, it is the hardest fucking thing for me to cut off my list. I even have it, like, highlighted as, like, maybe this is top five, but all of the THQ wrestling games... Oh, WCW, yeah. NWO Revenge, WrestleMania 2000, and uh, WWF No Mercy. Mm-hmm. It emulates... WCW, NWO Revenge, I think, emulates perfectly the actual flow of a wrestling match exactly the way it should be. I want to say you like played through a career mode in that a couple, maybe years ago on the podcast or something. Yeah, yeah, you? Yeah, you talked uh, about yeah. this. Uh-huh, yeah, I've, I've, uh, I continually play all three of those games because they are they are they are still good like you Damn. really need to understand wrestling to to really love them the way that most wrestling fans love them uh wwf no mercy is considered by m- most people the best wrestling game of all time damn and you really like i know it's nintendo 64 i know it seems like how could it be the best wrestling game of all time but it, it fucking is it nails everything about it uh, so there you go drink we talked about pro wrestling <laughs> <laughs> there you go yep it's on <laughs> i get it man dude my, my list of, of honorables could go on and on and yeah, on yeah me too like, there's it's, so it's fucking many. i yeah. feel like a heel because i didn't put any mario games on my list when it's like that's the foundation dude i mean fucking super mario world for super nes you want to talk about one of the best christmases i've ever fucking had Holy shit, man. Can I tell you? Here is my story that I think needs to be told. There are other people out there with my story, and our story has not been told. We had grandmothers who bought us systems without the game. Oh, oh no. I could never I imagine something so unfortunate I got a Super Nintendo and a Nintendo 64 that did not come with the game. Oh no, I, that's I talked sad. about this before. I only recently played... Uh, Super Mario World. Yeah. And I've never really played Mario 64. Damn, dude. Like, I... I've, That's wild. Yeah, the only Mario game I really have much experience with, aside from, you know, sequels, is the original mm-hmm. that came with every Nintendo. There, I don't yeah, think sure. they sold any Nintendo without that game, so... But, dude, those and, like, Super Mario Brothers 3 and stuff, I mean... You know, it's like, yeah, they're classics or whatever, but it's like when you go back and play them, you're like, the play controls and stuff, the responsiveness of the controls were so perfect. Yes. Um, it yeah, never seems yeah, Mario is unfair. still perfect. You know, like a lot of those games from that era, you know, you'll die and stuff bad happens and you're like, this fucking game is unfair. It's programmed badly. Those games are programmed flawlessly and they're mm-hmm. fair. They're perfect. It's really bizarre that they were yeah. able to do that before that was even a notion in yep. games i mean what shigeru uh miyamoto and that entire team at nintendo were doing back then i mean you really you've got to wonder if they are fucking time travelers it's insane yeah they were just thinking way beyond the limits of anything they had seen so far yeah you got any other honorable mentions you're you ready to get onto your number five on your list uh yeah let's get to number five because i have so many honorable mentions that it would just get ridiculous <laughs> same yeah me too uh, number five is Minecraft. Oh, wow, yeah. So a more recent choice, okay. 
Oh, all of mine are more recent. I, I've really? been, yeah. Uh, so you have the opinion they've gotten better at making video games. fucking lutely It is crazy when people pretend that video games were better in the past. They mm-hmm. were good in the past. What you're, what you're saying when you say they're better in the past is you're saying that they were, they're good and people need to recognize that. I recognize that, but they're better now. Yeah. <laughs> they just got better. Because well, here's the works. thing: is like video games now are being made by people our age and younger, and grew a little up older. Playing video games that grew up playing video games, yeah, that remembered what worked about certain games and remembered what fucking pissed them off about other games. Like, and Minecraft is kind of the exact exploration of that. Right. It's, it is lo-fi. It is fucking you know eight-bit looking, um, but it also. <laughs> gives you the opportunity to create video games within the game you've told me a little bit about it and i just know a little bit about it you know third person uh because i've never played it but it seems like one of those things that if i allowed myself to start playing you'd get obsessed i would get fucking obsessed dude. you would absolutely it's something uh dan Harmon talked about a lot on Harmontown that he would not get much done in trying to write say rick and morty or community because he'd be playing minecraft wow. it is the perfect exploration for the lego kid like if yeah you and that's grew the thing. Up with Love LEGO, Legos. yeah yeah if you grew up with lego it is a video game lego like fucking nails it that sounds very fucking appealing yeah, what's your number five, Ben? All right, my number five is one here that has made a huge impact on me from my early days as a Ute looking at pictures of this game in Nintendo Power. Had one of the main characters from the game on the on the cover of the issue. I can still see it in my mind yeah. clear as day. I read about it. I read the premise of the game. It sounded unlike anything that I'd ever seen before, played before, anything like that. And... I remember looking through this issue of Nintendo Power and seeing the character designs that looked like comic book characters that were on the screen that were like fighting and stuff, and they all had their unique styles and oh, special I moves. Oh, I see where you're going. Oh, yeah, dude. And plus, I had a, a very big interest in martial arts and stuff like that that I was mm-hmm. not able to pursue as a kid. My parents thought that would be a bad thing to do for whatever fucking reason, so I didn't get to do martial arts as a kid, but... Whenever I went over to my friend Shannon's house and she told me that her brother had just gotten Street Fighter 2 for Super Nintendo, I think that my heart skipped a beat. And I went in there and I played the game and this is just the kind of fucking geek I was as a kid and still am (laughs) to this day, man. Like, I picked up the game and I already knew how to do the special moves and stuff because I'd read about it in Nintendo Power. Uh, Same. Memorize move lists yeah. off of games Memorizing that I wasn't playing. Memorizing move lists was very like hip in the '90s if you were in middle school. See, because I was homeschooled, I didn't know that. So, oh, it was, I was you were, you like, were on weird? the level, dude. <laughs> Everybody else in middle school would have been like, "Yes, that guy knows what's up." <laughs> that bowl cut kid, he knows how to fight sure. reptile. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> dude. The whole Street Fighter Two franchise. I'm not gonna say. Street Fighter 2, The World Warrior. I'm not going to say that that's the best one. I'm going to say of the entire franchise, probably Street Fighter 2 Turbo is the one that I Mm. think is the most balanced and playable. I think that every character in that game is so perfectly balanced that you can beat ass with any character in that game. Sure, yeah. And I'd voted 
thousands of hours of my life to beating ass in that game. Yep. <laughs> but but you know anything in the in the two franchise, whether that be Street Fighter Alpha Two, I think Street Fighter Alpha Two is a fucking incredible game. Not as balanced, but added in a lot of cool gameplay gameplay elements and stuff like that. Um, and and also too, I'll I'll add to it that you know as we know, a lot of these old school games and stuff that we played back then were so memorization heavy it was all about memorizing patterns memorizing moves and stuff like that that i do think that it aided my memorization skills that i've used as a musician i think it aided my hand-eye coordination and even in street fighter and stuff like that when you're doing combos and things like this there's there's a rhythm to it and i'm not talking even just a musical rhythm i'm talking like you have to have the muscle memory to input those commands in the right order and i think that's something that has benefited me the rest of my life even not playing video games uh here's the thing just from my experience with musicians i know a few um they love fighting games oh yeah i don't i hate them do you i grew up playing mortal kombat and street fighter and tekken and all sorts of other fighting games but i never liked them Word. And I think it is that. I think you're what you're talking about is exactly the problem I have. Like I am not good with that muscle memory bit. Mm-hmm. I need mm-hmm. it to be so open. Like, um, I okay. I guess the one fighting game I that I do love, and the only one that I put on my possibility list was um, uh, Punch Out. Oh yeah, uh huh. Yeah, but like original or Super Punch Out. That that was my argument with myself right. was which is better <laughs> and it's Super Punch Out Super Punch Out yeah, is better. It's more fun, man. It's more fun it's to play. It's so fucking good, but it's also just like, uh, it, it you know as I said, I'm looking for escapism in my yeah. in my games, and I don't, I really don't actually want them to be too difficult. I want the experience to be the story and me going through it. Yeah. I want it to be difficult enough that I'm like challenged, but it's a problem I have where like I am too competitive that like games that are competitive, like say fighting games or I even have on my possibility list, modern warfare. Like I I used to play a lot of, um, you know, first person shooters in multiplayer and um, I was a bad person when I did it. I hear like that. I, they can bring out some, some ugly sides of people. Yeah. yeah. I, I was a very hateful person when I did it. And when I recognized it, I stopped. I was just like, no, no more. I can't play those games. So games that are too competitive for me just aren't fun. So I, I, I love Street Fighter with you on that one, but it wasn't on my list. Here is what is on my list that is fighting. And about a, a bit of muscle memory and a bit of that, like, quick button pushing, but is also different in a large mm. way. That is Assassin's Creed, the, the okay. series. Again, a series I've never played before, but I know I would love. You absolutely would. You would love it because it does incorporate the, f- like, uh, muscle memory sort of elements, but it also adds in, like, deep story and good history bits. I know, like, hmm. it, I mean, it's funny to say, like, if somebody learned their history from Assassin's Creed, they obviously would be way off. But it's also, like, they know more history than most people. <laughs> like, the history bits of Assassin's Creed are pretty strong. And, like, if you're, if you're like, a, 
a history nerd they they can kind of hit those elements i get it man and that's always been like an element of video games that i think even back in the old school days people didn't really recognize because i'll tell you this man the reason why fucking eight-year-old Ben Eller could find Brazil on a map is because that's where Blanco yeah. is from. Oh, Honestly. same, dude. Yeah, same. That the fucking video games taught me so a much. A ton, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, 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 regarding Assassin's Creed, you could also put in the Batman Arkham series here. It just really depends on which series you like more, but they kind of have the same flow and the same, like... Uh, way of exploring the character but it's also like well the Batman Arkham City series is um exploring Batman yeah, so, yeah which is badass, that's cool totally yeah <laughs> like I think something about Assassin's Creed that I would really enjoy too is and correct me if I'm wrong here but from what I understand there's very much like a, a Metal Gear solid element of being stealthy with your kills and stuff it's not just run around and kill people it's problem solving shit that I love yes. About that's exactly me like that that is exactly like actually i think my most toxic element when i'm playing first person shooters and multiplayer is my desire to be stealthy and to camp like people yeah. hate that but i my only way of seeing a game where you're trying to kill other people is i have to be as safe as possible yeah, playing the, the long game. The, yeah, I'm the worst when it comes to that. But <laughs> when it comes to games like uh, Assassin's Creed or the Batman Arkham games, that's exactly what you're supposed to do. So, and also Dishonored. That's a game I think you would love. For I don't sure. know that one. Never heard of oh, it. Oh, dude, that's a dope one. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, what else you got on your list, Ben? All right, number four for me, and this is going to sound like I'm setting up a theme here because it's another fighter. Uh, but it's the last fighting game I have on my list because, you know, when I was a kid and we were in the 2D sprite-based era, Street Fighter Two did everything that I, I just talked about in the last thing that took my love of martial arts and combined it with crazy comic booky special moves and fireballs and backflips and shit like this. Uh, but whenever I discovered the Tekken franchise, especially oh, right. Tekken 3 for PlayStation, it was like, dude, it was like going from cocaine to fucking crack cocaine. You were where all it was like, like Eddie Gordo. Yeah, dude. Actually, I was never much of an Eddie player. I was just a button masher player right there. Yeah. But, dude, you can damn well bet I would fucking, I would grab King and I would hit you with all of those combination throws You're and right. stuff like that because the level of intense memorization that you had to do to play Tekken. Yeah, it it's was the worst. Ev- dude, it's every bit as intense as like memorizing every different fucking scale pattern on guitar. It makes sense that, like, I went from playing Tekken to playing guitar, honestly. Obviously, yes. It is as deep and demanding of the player in terms of memorization. Uh, those games, dude, are fucking amazing. And I have sunk so much time into them. So, so, so much time into them. And, you know, it's just also cool because you do get little snapshots of what some of these fighting styles, real-life fighting styles, are really like, while also having some fun with some weird supernatural shit and demons and monsters and ogres and all that kind of shit but man i have put so much of my life into those games it's it's ridiculous and again it's just elevated street fighter in a lot of ways yeah yeah that i mean uh that everything you just said is why i don't like that game i but get it's it a, like i also get why you like it like there's very much this 
like desire to be able to control something that seems chaotic that oh, yeah. is like i just don't have it but the people that do it's like i, I don't know how you do it well that's the thing too <laughs> man is like now you know on this side of life where video games are more of just like a fun occasional diversion for me not like my main pursuit or main hobby whenever i you know think about picking up a new game or I even, you know, go out and maybe buy a new game or something like that and start trying to look at those move sets and being like, oh, I need to go to practice mode and spend about an hour getting this 10 hit combo down. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, but why? Like, why would I want to do that? It's weird because I'm, I've kind of been on both sides of it. Yeah. That, I mean, that that is kind of my feeling about fighting games is just like, well, what do I get from it? Yeah. Like in the end, what what is coming out of it? And that's why, I mean, that's why my top five is all games that just reward me for existing, basically. That's I don't the thing, know. man. Yeah, it's like, because nowadays when I look at like, well, why would I put all that work into doing that? The answer would be for entering tournaments and winning money and shit like this. When I was a right. kid, it was so I could do it. Yeah, to, to <laughs> accomplish it. something, to sh- like show yourself you could. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. But, you know, now that I'm an old fuck, it's like, well, it has to produce something of value. And it's like, it used to not. It used to just be, well, I can't do it now, and it'd be cool if I could. (laughs) Which, honestly, is kind of the way that I play guitar now, too. Where it's like, well, I don't really need to learn this, (laughs) but it'd be cool if I could. So, I guess I'm still doing the same thing, but in different fields. Yeah, I mean, that that makes sense. I'm going to give you a, a few games that I think you could enter real easy. Hmm. Uh, and not have to you know dedicate your life to uh i i think my entire top four is games that one will change your life by playing them but uh, two will not change your life in a way that makes it harder okay okay and this was a tough choice of rock star game basically i had to choose between gta and red dead redemption and that's oh, yeah. a hard choice for me because I love westerns. I've played both of those. GTA 5 is one of the best games ever made. GTA 5. So the last GTA I played was with my buddy Josh Rogers, old JR. We spent a lot of time playing Vice City whenever that came out. That entire era of like Vice City plus Chappelle show, like yeah. that was just a fucking great time to hang out with your friends. I'll tell you that. But I've not really played any of them since then, so I assume I'm missing out, right? Yeah. Um, four is fucking awesome. Like you, okay. I mean, look, the the game you've played is great. I am not like gonna downgrade that at all. But four is gonna blow your mind, and five is gonna like m- make you give up your left leg to just play it. <laughs> like it is so deep the characters are so good there are moments that will make you more uncomfortable than you've ever been um it is more uncomfortable than any horror movie i've ever seen but it's also deeper and more rewarding than Damn. any game that i've played that involves um shooting people uh <laughs> it, it, a lot of people hate the driving in gta 4 and 5 i actually i love it 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 reminds me a lot of uh, Need for Speed, which works for me. So I, I love that game in particular. I, I you really should 
hopefully pick it up at some point because gta 6 uh will come out i don't know in the next decade at some point and probably be <laughs> amazing or probably be only multiplayer and fucking suck because mm. every game that is predominantly multiplayer sucks hey make single player games everybody who makes games yeah no shit what you got ben what's next all right next number three on my list this is the newest thing that is on my list which just dates me terribly but again this is one of those game series that i got into after you know entering musician era of my life that i could pick up and play some put down you know work the rest of the day come back later play a little bit more and uh, you want to talk about becoming obsessed. I've talked about this game a couple times on the podcast before because at the height of my Katamari obsession, it was the first thing that I would do in the morning and it was the last thing I'd do at <laughs> night and I would fucking yeah. dream about it. I would dream about yeah, those fucking are the rolling best. stuff up on my ball. Right. Those games, dude, I don't know what it is. There is something in my brain that is just hardwired to really enjoy that shit. I think it's the I think it's the kind of thing, man, where like everybody finds those games that flip boxes in their mind where, you know, clearly I was I was craving something that involved massive amounts of memorization and precise timing and stuff like that when I was playing games like Ninja Gaiden when I was a kid and getting into Street Fighter and stuff like that. Like that that ticked some box in my brain that was just like, oh yeah. You're into this shit. You like brunettes and you like memorizing stuff, you know? And whenever I started playing Katamari, it was almost just like, hey, remember how when you were a little kid, you were OCD as fuck? Because when I was a little <laughs> kid, dude, I was, I mean, crazy fucking OCD, uh, which is something I've beaten, which is why I'm a slob now. <laughs> but now there's something about the Katamari games that just tick that box in my head that's just like, well, you have to grow this thing. You have to you roll a ball around a little fucking environment and you have to grow this thing progressively. You get small things that grow into bigger things, then you can pick up bigger things. But then you have to get it this big by the time period is over and holy shit, man. There's something about those games that just burrows into my psyche as well as just the fucking awesome soundtrack that's on all those games. I'm just going to say Katamari as a series. There's not one in particular, but like Katamari Damacy, I think, is the one that really yeah, first Yeah, that's the me. big one, yeah. Oh, my God, dude. But then also, too, just, like, the hyper-fucking-weird turbo-Japanese storyline parts <laughs> crack me the fuck up, and I'll, like, quote lines from that shit all the time, and nobody knows what I'm talking about, and usually I don't even remember where it came from. Yeah. Oh, man. So if you ever hear me say something like, a pencil, long that makes no sense and you're like are you having a stroke no i'm probably quoting katamari lines for no fucking reason yeah love that shit i'm obsessed that's awesome yeah i like man i'm a fucking i'm a simp for an rpg and an open oh, yeah. world rpg is my shit and oh yes an open world rpg with an amazing story and great uh developing of levels and things like that count me in it, it was hard to choose which is two and one. I'll 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 just go ahead and lay down. Same with mine. El Same with mine. Elder Scrolls is number two. Ooh, I've heard you talk a lot about Elder Scrolls, and again, that's a series I have not You're touched. Missing everything. What oh, are you man. doing? Like Elder Scrolls, uh, like from Morrowind 
to fucking oblivion to skyrim and like hopefully part six will really nail it too those are some of the best games ever made like god damn i've always heard i i still like uh the the music the uh, environment the characters everything about those games is just so deep and rich and then the lore is deeper and richer than any lore in any game ever well there's like whole books you can read yes you can just pick up books and read books and the books tell you shit that is not like it's not like oh also the uh, this is how things are it's like in a poetic verse suddenly you're reading a book and you're like oh why does it mention that particular daedra and then you read another book and you're like oh it's referencing that other book what is going on like there's just so much depth to it damn dude like so many radiant quests and things that like change by you like you know making choices and stuff uh, I mean, you know, this game, Silent Hill, is kind of one of those early versions of, like, several endings and the choices you make change things and stuff. Like, the Elder Scrolls games are just the perfect encapsulation of uh, what would it be like if my brain was put into this insane world with so many goddamn mythologies you could not co- possibly comprehend at all, but Damn. it's also so easy to just start playing the game like you just pick it up immediately everything is like so right everything feels right when you're doing it Uh, you know archery uh, hitting people with swords hitting people with axes shield bashing whatever all that just feels perfect it's a great game i bet that it's one of those things that if i started i would get just down the fucking rabbit yeah hole, elder I? scrolls uh skyrim uh, is probably the game i have the most hours in and Damn. it's it's an embarrass embarrassing number that is over 500 i believe it no I, I totally believe it i mean dude i'm a fucking rpg guy too as you're as you're gonna see on the next yeah, installment of my it. list here what so what you got I totally fucking get it, and if I just vanish one day and nobody hears from me, it's probably because I've started playing those fucking games. <laughs> okay, number two on my list is another one that is just a a pinnacle of my teenage years. Okay. You know, like a lot, a lot of these on my list kind of come from around this time period, I guess, where games were starting to be taken a little bit more seriously, when things were getting you know, technologically to the point where we could have things that were more cinematic like Metal Gear Solid and stuff, and the visions of the creators of these games could be realized in a way that was far beyond the 8-bit sprites of yesteryear. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of on a roll here. I'm kind of painting yeah. a picture, aren't I? Let's hear it. Final Fantasy VII. Fuck. Dude, whenever that game came out on PlayStation... It was insane, yeah. And... It was one of the most hyped games of all time. Some of the yep. biggest ad campaigns ever. I think it was one mm-hmm. of the first times I remember seeing, like, you know, ads for a video game during, like, TGIF. Like, right. being, yeah. like, ABC TV, primetime. They're advertising a video game? Mm-hmm. What? Are they taking this seriously now? Not the mama. Commercial. Final Fantasy yeah, 7. Final Fantasy yeah. fucking 7, man. Did I do that? Commercial. <laughs> Final Fantasy yeah mm-hmm. and dude it's like that was when games started getting a little bit more grown up like i remember being completely shocked that there was like profanity and stuff in the game that used to not really be a thing and there was some really 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 
dark elements to the storyline and that. And uh, I'll tell you, okay, so whenever I got the game and we started playing it and started realizing that there was like a lot more kind of adult overtones in this, you got to think, in the super mega conservative household that I grew up in, like if my mom fucking saw that stuff, like that game would be returned, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So myself and again, Josh Rogers, second time he's mm-hmm. come up on this list. Old man. JR. Me and Josh spent an entire summer playing through that game. Yeah. Uh, an entire summer, just from start to finish, playing through that. And we played through the first maybe hour or two of the game probably at least 15 times that summer because I had a Nyko memory card. It was like a shitty third-party peripheral. Oh, no. Again, things I don't miss. Like, back yeah. in the day, third parties <laughs> would put out peripherals for systems that didn't fucking work. Uh, the worst. That's not really a thing anymore. Mm. Uh, but it probably then, is, but yeah, not, probably not is, as honestly. rampant as it was, yeah. Right? But we had a Nyko memory card, and that's all that I had. And, of course, I couldn't afford a new one. I couldn't ask for a new... $30 memory card so I could save my game. So we played through the first, you know, hour or two of that game a million times and then finally got a new new memory card and spent the rest of the summer playing through that and, you know, traveling outside of Midgar, fucking raising chocobos, getting knights of the round. Yeah. And, and also, like, you know, <laughs> like hiding or getting past the really vulgar parts whenever mom would walk in the room or whatever (laughs) it was just really one of those moments where you know how we talked about on the show before like whenever you find bands that you listen to but your parents don't or you find things that you like but your parents wouldn't approve of it's something it's it's so transformative yeah Yeah. it's like you're making your own decisions yeah exactly this game was absolutely like that for me and Dude, even to this day, it's like when I hear the soundtrack to that game, because the soundtrack is fucking incredible. Such a good soundtrack. I mean, it's like I can picture exactly where I was and how old I was and what I had for dinner that night and how my bowl cup felt (laughs) when I heard it the first time. Uh, That game, dude, I have put so fucking many hours into, and I've played through it multiple times. I've maxed out the clock. I've maxed out all my characters' stats. I've gotten every Master Materia. I've beaten, of course, all the Ruby and Emerald weapons and all that stuff. Gotten everybody's final weapon. Uh-huh. And that final battle is still two hours long? Well, it is if you keep using Knights of the Round over and over and over, <laughs> you know? Dude, it's it's just amazing. It is just it amazing. Is. That's one of those it games is. that I will always fucking have the biggest feels for. And I know that, like... Okay, if you're somebody that was born around the time period that that I was in like the mid 80s, you're supposed to say Final Fantasy 7 or Chrono Trigger. I know that a lot of people yeah, are like, Chrono well, Trigger, Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy 7 or you know, Secret of Mana. Like those Secret are all Mana, different all, games. That's an honorable mention to me. That's honorable mention on my list. absolutely one of the best Fucking Super amazing. Nintendo games out there. And again, there, soundtrack. Yeah. Holy shit, the soundtrack Goddamn, on Secret it's gorgeous. of Mana. Goddamn gorgeous. Yeah. So good. Um, Chrono Trigger, I never really played. Uh, oh really? I, ha- okay. I have it for like Nintendo DS, and I've played a little Play bit of it, and I really it enjoyed it. Is yeah. Good. Oh, I've heard it's fucking amazing. Same for Final Fantasy three. That's the other one you're supposed to say, but yeah. Oh, I uh, love Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy VI III. in Japan. Yeah. You know, I yeah. never really played it uh, either. I had friends that played it, but I never really had a copy of it myself. So that's one yeah. I don't the really know. five so and seven six. Is the thing. Five and six, the uh, Japanese versions, both great fucking games. 
I've uh, heard, man. I, I other honorable mentions. I'm just gonna throw out there real quick and not say much yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Borderlands, Warcraft, The Fable, Mass Effect, Bioshock. Love all those. Oh yeah, and you know one that I totally had forgot about until we actually started talking about it here. Because like whenever I, I made my list, I literally just put down the first thing, five things I thought about. Because I was like, these are probably the things I like the most. But one I happened to think about while we were doing this. Dude, fucking Twisted Metal 2. The amount of time... <laughs> I spent that, a lot of time oh playing that game. Oh my god, yeah. man. Dude, yeah. that was one of the first games on PlayStation that had like a great deathmatch mode that wasn't yes. plagued yeah. by the slowdown and shit. changed everything. Because like... Yeah, the 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 Mario Kart like balloon mode wasn't as good at all. Like it did yeah, not hit mode, the yeah. same. Yeah. yeah, and the thing with Twisted Metal 2 is that you know, you can look at my other things I mentioned here and figure out why I liked it so much. It's like it had racing game elements. It had fighting game elements. Yeah, it, it really had, just threw that all together. Yeah, it had like the secret hidden moves like fighting games, like for the you know ice ball and shit like that. But it also had like that weird gritty artwork and like that, yeah. that fucked up world and like really yeah. strange characters and stuff. Like it was just gritty and dirty and comic booky and fun and dude fucking blowing up the eiffel tower and all that stuff god damn <laughs> yes that's sick the best. soundtrack too man i spent so so fucking much time on that game as a kid uh yeah I'm, again we could rattle off honorable mentions all fucking day hell yeah but let's get to number one numero this, uno as i said my number one or number two was kind of kind of interchangeable and i'm a total bethesda simp i guess but fall, fallout fucking yeah and specifically Fallout New Vegas. I think Fallout New Vegas is one of the best. I guess that makes me less of a Bethesda simp. But um, the, I, the fucking balls of Fallout to be set in an alternate future where the 1950s aesthetic was the height of aesthetic yeah yeah so it's just a cool starting point right away what yeah and then like you're walking around listening to these songs from the 20s to the 50s you're you're in an entirely open world where everything has gone to shit which is something that young steven fantasized about because of omega man and because of, of, you know, every post-apocalyptic movie. Just the idea, like, oh, I could just go into any house or any store and take whatever and do whatever. Like, turning that concept into a game and then playing out the, like, full logic of that. Like, what yeah, would dude. happen? God And again, damn. That, that's what you get when, like we said earlier, when you have people that grew up playing video games. Yes. And then they start making video games. That's what you get. I remember one of the first times I felt that feeling was, um, and this is by no means like a great game or anything like that, but it had a good deathmatch mode that we used to play all the time. Um, the Red Faction series, it's like a first-person oh, yeah. shooter. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You could like blow up anything. Like if you're in a building, you can fucking blow it up. Blow a hole through the wall if you want to get out. You got a rocket that's launcher. Great. Put a uh, hole and in that the should wall. be part of every video game. But yeah, it, I know but I understand why that, like, it's not. It's a lot of yeah, you know, memory. But god damn, it's so cool. The idea that like everything you do in world has impact. Yeah, dude, and that's something that, like as a kid playing Doom and stuff like that. You're like, 
well, fuck, I got an RPG. Why can't I just blow my way out of this room? So yeah. then whenever another person that played that game and thought that made their game, they're like, well, I'm going to be able to blow a hole through the wall so I can do it. Obviously. Out. I got an <laughs> RPG. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> so that game scratches a lot of those itches for you where you're just like, why can't I just explore everything and go in all yeah, these buildings dude. and shit? Fallout is so gorgeous, too. I mean, Skyrim is gorgeous. Like, that. the game, seriously, Skyrim has moments where you will just pause and be in awe of oh, the yeah. surrounding environment fallout has that exact same effect in a negative way in the way that i actually love things where it's like i feel sad playing it but i also feel happy that i'm sad about playing it well wow. I, I, I know I, exactly the feeling you're talking about that's how i feel yeah. when i think about final fantasy 7 same deal yes exactly so it, it nails exactly what you want where it makes you have so many feelings where like just playing the game is it's so much and then not enough like i never feel like anxiety about playing it i want mm-hmm. to play it but then when I do play it, I feel so much anxiety about what's happening in the game, but I'm also loving it. It's <laughs> it's a real weird feeling, but I love it so much. Wow. Yeah, I need to play those. Those are games that, like, it seems like anytime I talk to somebody who's into gaming from this side of the millennium and they find out about the stuff that I've liked in video games of the past, yeah, they're like, love well, you've Fallout. played Fallout, right? And yeah, I was like, you'd no, love it. I haven't. I know that I would, man. One day... I've always said, man. One like, of these days. Yeah, it's like I will fucking play guitar and make music long enough that I, I don't have to work as much and teach as much and stuff like that. That way I can play video games. I've said that for years, and I feel like I'm getting close. I'm you getting are. close. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you've listened to a few episodes of this show, Steve. You've been on a couple of them. That's you probably right. ought to know it's coming because when you combine the 2D open map gameplay of Metroid and Super Metroid, Super Metroid being one of my other favorite games ever, right? and you add in a heavy dash of RPG elements uh-huh. with armor and weapons and spells and hit points and magic points and stuff, and you add in some goddamn Draculas, yeah, vampires. Put a Dracula in there. And you also add in the greatest video game soundtrack of all time. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you end up with Castlevania Symphony of the Night. You end up with something that scratches every itch in my mind. Yeah. Uh, That game and the level of of obsession that I have for that game is insane. We talked about it probably most recently whenever we had Zach Householder from Whitechapel on Uh the show. And we were talking about him and I playing that on the Whitechapel tour bus while we were out on the road together. And... He was like, yeah, it was really kind of weird how you have every candle drop memorized in that game. Where, like, <laughs> Zach would be playing the game, and I'd be like, hey, hit that candle. There's a $350 money bag in it. <laughs> so like, hey, you need the axe you're going to get from that for this next boss battle. Yeah. Go ahead and get that. I don't know what the deal is. That game is burrowed into my brain uh, and my just identity like nothing else. It's is insane. That, I will play it again at the drop of a hat. I'm always wanting to play it again. I can't get tired of it. It's one of the most beautiful things about a game. Yes. Like when you you know it so intimately that you, not only are you playing the game, but like you're experiencing it. Like you're really yeah. part of it. You know it so intimately that you're using the game itself to explore 
the game. It, it's, I mean, it's exactly what you want out of a good game. Is oh, to yeah. just be so immersed in it that it's all that matters while you're doing it. And the thing about it is, too, is when you look at the era that it came out, you know, this is post-Super Mario 64, where everything was going 3D, everything was going all polygons. Even though the hardware wasn't really ready for it, everybody was going that way because it was the new thing. It's exactly yeah. like what we see in that CGI was kind of the and worst. movies. Yeah. yeah, that was kind of the worst of the, the like console wars, was just yeah. like the best graphics were the best and it's just like well no what like, about the game though is the game yeah, any good? the game matters it doesn't matter what it looks like yeah and that's the thing is like at that time especially as young people were also infatuated with finding the game with the the greatest graphics or oh man this game has even better graphics than the last game more polygons on screen or whatever yeah that the balls that it took of this team to put out a game where they're just like no this is just going to be 2d hieroglyphic style graphics but with the best gameplay and the tightest controls and you know it's like 2d gameplay at its highest form and just because it's using a graphic system that is quote-unquote dated doesn't make it any less good I, I feel like they did that game it got widely ignored because it wasn't 3d and then it wouldn't be until you know fucking 20 years later that we have phone games like Angry Birds and shit like this that right. are showing you like, oh, just because it's 2D doesn't mean it sucks. Right, 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 right. right. And so the balls that it took of them to put this game out during this time period where the the next and best and brightest and most 3D was all that anybody cared about. And they were like, no, we want to make the best. Well, there wasn't even the term Metroidvania right. game back then, <laughs> but they're going to make the best Metroidvania game ever. I mean, it fucking is half of the genre definition Symphony of the Night is the fucking best, and goddamn that soundtrack, man! Ugh, Fuck. It's so good. The yeah. soundtrack is a ten out of ten, man. I uh, I listen to it constantly. I'm always just wanting to replay the game. I'm always watching like people's YouTube videos about it and stuff, and seeing other like weird glitches and weird random item drops that people get in the game. Because I I feel like even after I've been playing that game for ten or fifteen years. Then you started finding out about like, wait, there's this thing called the Chrysagram that you can get in the inverted <laughs> library. Right. And it's like a rare drop from the little, what's it called, schmoo or whatever, the little uh -huh. ghost thing that flies on screen. And it's like, people are still finding new weird shit that's hidden in that game. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's absolutely incredible and it keeps me obsessed. Yeah. A fucking solid top five. I think so. It's crazy. Uh, we didn't talk about this beforehand. That a lot of we weren't even close, like <laughs> to the same top five. No, we just had no overlap. Entirely different. That's great. That's great. Yeah, definitely, man. We love some video games, man. I'm excited just to sit down and play some video games and stuff. I I really want to sit down and play some more Hollow Knight. You remember earlier this year I started yeah, playing Hollow Knight on the Switch. Uh -huh. Uh, I put it down for a while because I got busy, and it hasn't been part of my normal routine, so I've not played it in a while, but I'd like to get back into that and explore some of the other new games and stuff. So if there's some games that we should be checking out, let us know about them over on the Facebook group, and also be sure to drop your top five. I'd love to hear your alls. I know we're missing a lot. I mean, God of War. Uh, oh, I love you know, Uncharted. Stuff Holy like that. Fuck. Uncharted, et cetera. Uh, you know what the thing is? And, well, let's just move right into Silent Hill. I've never owned a PlayStation. That's bizarre. Ever. Yeah. I Really? Growing up, I had uh, a cousin who had a PlayStation 
Then I had a roommate who had a PlayStation 2 and mm-hmm. then a PlayStation 3. I have never personally owned one. I've played PlayStation games, but they, you know, just aren't a huge element of my gaming life, which from studying Silent Hill a bit for this movie, I think I think I'm missing out a lot. I'm missing a lot of good so stuff. much. Yeah. Hey, Ben. Hey, Steve. Are you looking for the ultimate stocking stuffer for this holiday season? I sure am. What I going to stuff that thing with? Well, Ben, look no further because our sponsors, Manscaped, <gasps> have the tools to make you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Oh, my God. They got the tools that you need for your tools. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's tool time. <laughs> it's tool time with Manscaped. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, Tim. I think so, Tim. I'm pretty sure, Tim. <laughs> you see, Manscaped is the only brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and hygiene products. And great news, Ben. This is for all our European, Canadian, and Australian listeners. <gasps> Manscaped just released their products across your vast countries holy wow this is gonna be a globe covered in shiny clean globes <laughs> <laughs> and i know some of you out there are thinking it's a it's a crazy old time i don't even get out ever why do i need to manscape let me tell you this when you look good you feel good Mm. And when your boys look good, boy, do they feel good. I'll tell you that. You're doggone right. You're doggone right, Steve. Just because you're in quarantine don't mean you don't need to be clean, y'all. But, Steve, let me let you in on a little secret here because I know we got a lot of listeners on the show here that are saying, but, Ben, but, Steve, I ain't got no balls of my own. I don't need this manscaping. Let me tell you what, ladies. This can be for you, too, because I'm going to tell you what. You can get this thing and take advantage of using that up before somebody creates Womanscaped and starts charging you three times as much for the same stuff. Y'all know how this works. Listen to me, dead and lovelies. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their perfect package 3.0. What's in there? You get the lawnmower 3.0 for lawn mowing your nards area. It's skin safe. I used it. No tugs, no nicks. I enjoyed it. You can even create a little less mess by using that thing in the shower or getting one of those magic mat disposable shaving mats they got. Catch all that hair as it drops. And let's not forget about the crop preserver. Anti-chafing ball deodorant. Do what? And moisturizer. This is amazing. You're putting deodorant on your armpits. Get some deodorant for your balls. What else are you going to get in that perfect package 3.0? Some anti chafing performance boxer briefs i don't know how they've done it it's time to get this perfect package 3.0 get clean like mean jeans bald head get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code dead 20 that's d-e-a-d-2-0 at manscaped.com so this holiday season be sure to trim the tree And trim up your balls with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. And so will the people that love your balls. I've not had as much experience with Silent Hill, but I actually did play the first Silent Hill game a a good bit because my cousin had it, and it was one of those things where it's kind of like, 
it's very unique in a lot of ways but it was also it had too many problems for me i'm an open mm-hmm. world like puzzle solving type of gamer but it just had so many like maneuverability problems that i never got into the series oh yeah and that's something that's baked into those early yeah. Uh, survival horror games. And, and let's talk about that a little bit, too, because yeah. whenever whenever Resident Evil came out for PlayStation, uh-huh. I remember reading in the video game magazines like GamePro and PSM and stuff like that. PSM, such a huge fucking part of my childhood, by the way. <laughs> PlayStation that Monthly was awesome. That's yeah. it, dude. Fuck yeah. yeah. You had the fucking deck cover stickers and the issues yeah. and stuff. It was dope. Oh, my God. I love I loved yeah. that magazine, man. Uh, but, you know, I remember reading about Biohazard. It was this crazy Japanese game uh-huh. that took inspiration yeah. from all these Romero movies. And I was like, who's Romero? Like, I didn't, <laughs> I wasn't allowed to watch horror movies. I didn't know anything about this right. stuff. So, weirdly, whenever the survival horror thing started becoming a genre of its own with games like Resident Evil and, and Resident Evil 2, which I spent tons of time playing, the weird thing is, is like, that was more of my introduction to horror than horror movies. Like, wow. I don't exactly okay. even know how that was, but somehow playing those games was less bad than watching Dawn of the Dead. And it's like, man, those games are huh. way more fucked up than Dawn of the Dead. Like, I don't yeah, really know exactly absolutely. where the line was there. But I guess, you know, at the same time, that's just the old people stuff that I understand now. My mom didn't understand the difference. Well, I don't understand the difference of what's in movies and video games now. I don't know what the fuck's in these games. So I wouldn't know either. <laughs> I, um, I've said this before. I hate horror games. As someone who loves horror movies, I know that's weird. I'm not, like, I have too much anxiety to need to have anxiety for fun. (laughs) When you look at it that way, yeah. It's not my thing. I'll never be into it. So, yeah, horror games have never been my thing. So, uh, I mean, it's, okay, so, like, Fallout or, um, you know, several of the games I, I named will have these things where it's just, like, a horror side quest. I love that. Yeah. I love the idea that you can go into horror and escape it. Like you can get away from it. There's mm-hmm. other stuff in the game that isn't that. Horror games just don't hit me because that's all they are. Well, and that's the thing is like maybe that's why I got into the Resident Evil games and stuff. And when I played Silent Hill again with Josh, I really enjoyed uh-huh. that too because. I hadn't watched any horror movies up to that point. So yeah, it was kind of like hitting... me being like, maybe this is what horror movies are like. Maybe this is what zombies yeah. are about. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you were hitting that basic need we all have to... I don't know what it is exactly. I guess it's, it's not a basic need to be scared. Nobody wants to be scared. We, I guess we want our defenses tested from time to time like that's the desire like we want everything we defend as holy to be under attack so Mm -hmm. we can either defend them or go like oh right that's ridiculous like there's some experience there that everyone seems to enjoy not everyone people some people hate horror in general, but yeah. the majority of people seem to love this experience of having to deal with something that is out of the ordinary, but is still controllable. Oh, yeah. Well, it's why people like roller coasters. It's like you exactly. want to. Yeah. And again, this is totally the brain observing itself, where it's like when you ride a roller coaster, 
and all of your fear emotions go off mm-hmm. uh, in your subconscious, but your conscious brain is going, that's funny. My body is really alarmed right now, but I know this is tested and safe and I'm not going to die. Right. But there's just something fun about that second perspective that you get when you watch a horror movie or play a scary game where you're like, I'm feeling all my senses go off. All my lizard brain right. shit is telling me to run away, but I know my life isn't in danger. I think <laughs> yes. that there's just something about that experience that a lot of us crave. Yeah, it's it's real nice to go into third person for a second, right? Yeah. Where it's just like, who's that down there? And what? why are they experiencing all these sort of things? Right. Uh, and Silent Hill kind of, like, the the movie is nailing that video game feel of like this is how you move in this particular video game it sure feels like a video game you're right it sure does but that's actually it's like achilles heel is that it's trying so hard to be the video game that it forgets to be a movie right because that's the thing about the early survival horror games like resident evil and stuff is because back then the hardware wouldn't allow for full 3d movement they right. had to do these weird things with these pre-rendered backgrounds that were just pictures, and then you'd have a right. polygon-based character that would just walk around that picture, which led to some really bizarre, like, okay, I'm walking towards the camera, and then I walk close enough that the camera angle changes, and now I'm 30 feet away from the camera and walking right. to the left. Like, uh-huh. weird, inexplicable stuff that's just there to make you see the environment right. because the hardware couldn't really handle you walking around it. Uh, this movie has a lot of those, which is weird yeah. because that's more of a Resident Evil thing, whereas Silent Hill had some full 3D stuff in it. Am I right? It did. I mean, Silent Hill was... some pre stuff. can't remember. Yeah. Silent Hill was kind of like, um, I guess, criticized at its time for being three years after Resident Evil and trying to do the same thing. Yeah. But it's also like, it didn't exactly try to do the same thing. It is more horror than first-person shooter, which Resident Evil is more first-person shooter. So Especially the, the later ones, especially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like the more Resident Evil got into it, the more they went into first-person shooter. The more Silent Hill got into it, the more they went into horror game. So there's some differences, but... I mean, you're right. The The feel is the same when we're talking about the first game. Like, yeah. they're, they're basically the same. Yeah, and I played that first game a bit whenever it came out. Me and Josh sat around and played that one yeah. late at night many times. It got really fucking freaked out. There was all these just, like, weird, nasty, fucking rusty, dilapidated buildings and stuff to explore right. and weird, nasty piles of gore and these disgusting enemies mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and... It really was a very, very effective game, and we played it quite a lot, uh, but that's the last time that I played it, and that game came out, what, like, fucking 96? Oh, it was, like, like, it was yeah, a long it was 21 years ago. ago. It's a long time ago. Or wow. 20, 23 years ago. Yeah, you're right, 96. Holy so, shit. So then even the fact that this movie came out that much later than a decade later is, is kind of weird, because by then, my memory of what it was like playing that game had faded a bit, but... I do seem to to think that this really nails the feel of walking around in these foggy, snowy, ashy it's, environments. And- that's exactly the thing is that it's it it so perfectly nails the video game that that's 
That's actually a problem. That's not that's how. That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's not how movies work. You need to make it more like the movie. I get that. Uh, Christoph Gans was a, a big fan of the series and really wanted to nail exactly how the series feels, but it just misses so many of the movie points like yeah. so many of the like uh three act structure elements sure yeah that it's it's, it's it really is just like level to level design like uh, what Very happens much. next oh it's more fucked up than the previous level gotcha like, yeah explore this room run from these monsters fight this right. thing now what's next? Now is there's little set piece. Now there's this flashback. Like it's very video gamey to a fault. And here's the yeah. thing though, is like you know right now, especially this side of the 2020 or 2010s, where video right. gaming really became a multi-billion dollar, everybody does it kind of industry. Right. You know, 2006 and before that was very different. Where if there was a video game movie, if there was a mm-hmm. video game that somebody picked up as a license to turn into a movie, say. Super Mario Brothers, Street Fighter, or Mortal Kombat. Uh, exactly. That's the reaction. Where it's just yeah. like, oh my God, like they completely fucking missed the mark. And you can tell, you can tell the people that made the fucking Mario Brothers movie never played the game, never oh, gave a shit about not. it. not. They did not care about that game at all. And and that's actually that's the, the problem. That's the problem with making game into a movie. Right. Is Well, okay. So like, all of the top five I just named uh, a bit ago, like I think about those being turned into a movie and all I can think of is, well, the only way you could do it is to make it a story that isn't already in the series. And then people and get mad at that because it's not faithful exactly, to the game. Exactly. And it, it's just like a real catch 22 when you try to make these adaptations of video games where the... The emotional attachment is the the connection you have to it by pressing X or whatever. Like, whatever it is you do to actually be involved in it is why you love it. And a movie can't do that. Yeah. Ever. Because honestly, like, this movie, especially with its slightly over two-hour runtime... It's too long, yeah. Dude, it's, it's kind of like, would you rather watch this two-hour movie, or would you just like to play the game? Because the game is maybe four hours or so. Four and hours. It'll actually, it's a four-hour walkthrough, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and it'll make you, like, use your brain to solve puzzles and stuff like that. And you'll learn like so that. much more than you do in the two hours about this town. Like, yeah. there's so much more to explore and find... In just playing the game than watching the movie, which I mean, again, is such a perfect adaptation of the game that that's the problem. Yeah. Like it so perfectly adapts exactly what you expect uh, this game to be. A Silent Hill game is going to have all of these elements and that's the problem. It needs to be a movie, not a game. Well, I'll tell you the problem here, too. And a lot of this is just entirely based on the timeline in which we're reviewing this movie. When we live in a post-Favreau age where we have seen our favorite comic book stories. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fucking Infinity Wars goes back to the 80s. And we have seen that realized and executed right to where it pays the right amount of homage to the comics that we know and love but also expands on it and cleans up the story in ways that it needs to be. 
when you watch a movie like this and you're like, yeah, they didn't do it as good as that. Right. It's 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 tough because you're instantly comparing it to the success stories that we've seen since this came yeah. out. But like when this came out, you know, I remember me and Josh watching it being like, well, it did feel a lot like the game. I'll give you that. Yeah, we watched it whenever that. it came out. I think we rented on Blockbuster or from Blockbuster, I mean. And we did enjoy the fact that, wow, they actually kind of nailed the feel of the game. That's unusual because Mortal Kombat didn't feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> but now, yeah, like I said, post, post Favreau, you're just like, oh, okay. You can actually nail it and satisfy everything that the fans want to see and making it its own fun movie in itself. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of hard to, 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 you know, look at this and appreciate it, I think. Yeah, it is. And that's the problem is that looking back... Like, honestly, comparing this to every other uh, video game adaptation up to the point, this is probably the best video game adaptation that came out in 2006 and anything up to that point. But it's also just like... Well, yeah, what's the competition? It, <laughs> yeah, what's the competition? Like, the the fact is that the Rotten Tomatoes, like, top video game adaptation movies, the, the top four are all from the past... Two years, three Whoa, years. Oh, for real? And I'll be honest, I, I've seen Detective Pikachu and I have seen Rampage, and they're right. Those movies are good movies that are based on licensed properties that are video games. Like the the thought you have to have going into it is how do I make this a good movie, not how do I make this a good adaptation of the game? Right. Yeah. Because yeah. especially too to people that didn't play the game, like my wife. Who cares? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were watching this, and she was just like, "What the fuck is this about? Like, why is it ashy? Why is it foggy? Why, exactly. Like, why is the camera acting all weird like this?" And I'm like, "Well, it's like the game." And it's like, "Well, if you didn't what play game? the game, yeah. <laughs> this is totally lost on you." And does it make a good movie? That's the no. biggest question you got to ask about this stuff. Yeah. Uh, and and that's the thing is that I think Christoph Gans directed the fuck out of this movie. It looks gorgeous. There are so many great shots in it and so many awesome moments that are a little like undercut by the 14-year-old CGI, but Oh yeah. Well, here's the crazy thing too about strong. that about that that 14-year-old CGI is like have you watched any of the behind-the-scenes like making of stuff on this? Mm, no. There's some stuff you can find on YouTube that shows you what some of the scenes looked like before they were touched up by 2006 CGI. Right. So, for example, like whenever um, the mom and the cop encounter that like armless thing, that, like shoots the black acid. Oh at yeah, him, yeah, that's early. Uh huh. I thought that was all CG. It's not. That is a person in like a oh, latex yeah, yeah. suit. Yeah. That then they just went over and CG'd the fuck out of on top of it so that it looks all fake. But a lot of There's these scenes an actual and creatures person there. Yeah. A lot of these scenes and creatures and stuff looked fine as they were. Like they probably would have looked more grim and more effective without but, the CG. Yeah, but yeah. then they went in and made it look like a fucking video game. Yeah, well, I mean, that it's the mid-2000s. What are you going to do? That's exactly what you would do, despite the fact that it makes no sense looking 
forward like if you were in 1999 and looking forward at it you'd be like that's a bad call and in 2010 you'd be like that's a bad call but in 2006 you're like oh probably the best way to do it right like, right it's just this worst moment of cgi <laughs> yeah it was the bold cut phase for sure yeah, man. it was the it was worst the bold cut it, phase. it just sucked for everything and i mean this movie honestly like there are moments that look dated, but it does a real good job, I think, of like making the stuff that you see disturbing and not showing it for too long. That's but true. Also, yeah, there's some pretty good choices in that regard. Yeah, there are also some moments where it does show things for too long, and they're just like, eh, like the first yeah. time she runs into like the the baby fire demon things like they show them oh, yeah. a little too long and a little too much and it's like well they do look good enough but you you kind of over believed in them <laughs> like you yeah, put totally. too much faith in them yeah i i think so man because there's so many times in the movie where i feel like i should be feeling more tense for these characters that are in these right. situations but i know nothing here is real Right, like, exactly. Everything here feels smooth and soft. Nothing yep. here feels like the rusted metal and corroded iron pipes that they're showing me on screen. Like I'm like, they're not in danger. They're on a green screen. It's fucking fake. But then the thing is, is like I said, a lot of the environments are real. They built like yeah. 150 fucking sets for this and then glossed it over and made it look like a goddamn video game. What yeah, the fuck? That, I mean, it's just an era where that was too rampant. Like this, this movie could have looked so much better and probably performed better as a franchise if they went all practical. Oh, without a doubt, man. Without like a doubt. It, it already made uh, double the, the original budget, which is probably not much over advertising budget as well, but like... It is not on the same level as the Resident Evil movies in, like, the amount of money it made. I would say this is better than all the Resident Evil movies and still not good. Like... I agree with that. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say the same thing. Like, the Resident Evil movies show you what it's like to not pay enough homage to the game. Right, like, and those still make just feel over like fucking, a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, those mu yeah, those movies just feel like fucking music videos. Like, they yeah. are music videos with storyline every now and then. Mm -hmm. um, and I respect the fact that this movie took the source material so seriously. I mean, yes, to the point of where, like, the, the director brought a big screen TV and yes. a PlayStation 2 on the set so he could play scenes from the game so he, he can nail how it looked yeah yeah uh, and that's i respect great. that like the guy yeah. respected the source material and we're not talking about like a 16 year old that got to make a movie we're talking about a full grown-ass french man yeah, that got to make was... a movie and he's like is this game this is uh this is like art this is life this is <laughs> the movie i am wanting to make like i respect the fact that a grown-ass man took this seriously don't get me, me wrong too. Yeah, he, he, I mean, he directed a segment in H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's Necronomicon. He directed Brotherhood of the Wolf. Mm -hmm. Like, he, he's, he knows what he's doing. He really cared about these movies, and he, like, sent a video, like, interview to the people at Konami just trying to, like, set their fears aside to let them, like, realize he might be able to adapt this series into something good because yeah. again this is 2006 there are no good video game adaptations 
none have existed. And by the way, after 2006, they still don't exist. But he tried to really be dedicated to the series itself and tried to make the movie the game. I mean, he he failed in some ways, which is that he failed at making a movie that everybody would care about. Yeah. But he, he succeeded in a lot of ways in really capturing the feel of the game. Yeah, that's the kind of thing where you're just like, he failed. Well, but did he succeed at other things? Like yeah. Because it really does feel like the game. And I'll say, like, there for a brief time period when this came out, it probably was the best video game movie Oh, absolutely. Ever. I mean, it's kind of like naming, like, this is the best fucking filet fish sandwich I've ever had. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, it's still not good, but it is yeah, better than the rest of them. It's better than the rest, yeah. You know? Yeah, they kind of nailed that bit. It, it, like, really, it's almost like an experiment of, like, yeah. Well, how, how close, far can we take it? Yeah, how close to the game do you have to be? How far can you take the movie? Like, wh- where can we be? Because the thing about a video game is that you're experiencing the the events. Like, you're part of it. And a movie is not that. It never mm-hmm. will be that. You cannot make a movie more immersive than any movie that's ever been made. Like, people have tried. They've tried to make the POV movie. They've tried to, like, plunge us into the characters. You you can't. There's just yeah. a certain level at which people will say, like, I'm part of it, and then also reality is over here, and this is not that. Right, yeah, uh, yeah. There's a limit to storytelling. Yeah, so the video game... Uh, like the the capturing of the video game elements is cool but it's also just like well it doesn't work as a movie so like we we get Rhonda Mitchell you know running after her daughter and yelling her daughter's name a lot and it's just like it feels so much like a video game but never feels like a movie well what about that scene in there where like the mom and the cop are together and the mom had like jumped over some little thing and the cop's like, here, grab a hold of this rope and swing over this way. <laughs> it's just like... It's the most video game fucking moment. video game. Like, this isn't yeah. a good part of a movie. Why is this here? Yeah, it's, ba- it's bad. It's real bad. I mean... I want to start a drinking game, though, where you have to take a shot every time she says Sharon. <laughs> okay. Or another, another game where you take a shot every time she explains to someone... I'm her mom. My daughter is missing. <laughs> like, holy fuck. Yeah, is that all there is to her fucking character? That's all there is to her character. It is so bland. The character, dude, I'm glad you said bland because, like, all over my notes, I have bland mom, bland cop, bland yep. dad. Like, they're just bland. There is yeah. nothing to these characters it's- other than I'm her mother. My daughter is lost. Yep. That's it. It it is crazy to have the uh, the hottest S&M cop uniform <laughs> ever and also look at the character as bland. Dude, like, what the fuck? Like she's like she's not a real cop, right? Like she's either no, on no her way. way to or on the way back from a stripping job, for sure. Yeah, and it, I bet it was hot. Like yeah. but then she had to pull somebody over? I don't know. What? 
Emma Worst cop ever, dude. Like she is so sin. immediately like shady and suspicious. Like yes. whenever the mom and Alyssa are at that gas station, her cop senses are tingling. She's like, "There's something wrong here," and it's like, based yeah. on what? Well, one time I knew a child, so so yeah. Well, but yeah. then even whenever she pulls the mom over. And the mom, like, fucking floors it and tries to run away from the cop. Is going to Silent Hill illegal? Is driving with your daughter somewhere illegal? Why did she run? Okay, first off, all of the questions you just said are right. And number two, why is it when she ran from the cop and then got arrested, she was like, what was happening? And then also the th- same thing happened with Scene Bean, a.k.a. Scene Sean Bean. Bond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sean Bond. It's uh-huh. one or the other, man. E A N. You get to pick one pronunciation of how <laughs> you, know, you say you, it. You can't Bean or have Bean. That's you it. You can't be Sean Bean. You're seen Bean or Sean Bond. That's uh, right. The the thing is that like, I mean, he, his entire presence is shoehorned in, right? Like, Dude. there's no reason for it. And it literally is shoehorned in because. Originally, the dad character was just supposed to bookend the movie. He was there at the start. He was there at the end. And somewhere along the way, somebody was like, there's not a man in this movie. Needs more man yeah, in it. it was, Needs more it man. It was the folks at Konami. <laughs> what the fuck? Had a problem with how many men weren't in the movie. And it's like, I wouldn't have noticed. Ever. No. Like, how would that be noticeable that all of the f- main characters were women? Like, okay. Yeah. So and what? don't get me wrong, like Sean Bean, he's great. Out, I love he Sean outacts Bean. everybody in this movie by ten, by a factor oh, yeah. of ten. He's the best actor in the movie. Yeah, he's also great. he doesn't die. What the hell? It's amazing, dude. The, I watched the second movie and I was like, he didn't die immediately. What? I've heard that second <laughs> movie is really bad. It's real terrible. Holy shit! Don't watch it. Really? <laughs> it's so bad. It's wow. so bad. So they basically like wrote more scenes in with Scene Bean's character because uh-huh. there wasn't enough fucking penis in the movie, I guess. <laughs> right. But here's the thing. All of those scenes with him investigating the past of his daughter before they adopted her and stuff like that are completely fucking pointless. You could cut yeah. all the scenes with him and no need Detective Gucci? Detective Gucci. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You could cut all those out of the movie and there would be no difference. It honestly like reminded me of that part in the new Borat where he's like, I am a John Chevrolet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know, American name, whatever. Yeah, it, yeah. Detective Gucci makes no sense. No. And and here's the thing, man. Like all of the scenes with him doing his investigation are rendered pointless because he never finds fucking anything out. Yeah, what is he investigating? Everything that he is attempting to find out, you find out in that like flashback sequence yes. that we get later on about Alyssa's, well, Alyssa and uh, Alyssa, whatever yeah. her fucking name is. Yeah, like that entire flashback scene uh, where she's burned as a witch and whatever. Like we find out everything there is to know about her with that flashback scene, which is with the mom. Like yeah. none of the Sean Bean stuff fucking matters to the story. Just cut it all out. Make the movie yeah. fucking shorter, for the love of God. It would help to just cut that entire bit. Like, I, I mean, it's already cheap that at the end, turns out everybody was dead. Yeah. Like, 
Okay. Or in the in the upside down or whatever, I guess. Right, but we don't need Sean Bean in uh, bright light while they're in blue light in the same space. Like we don't need yeah. that. Yeah, like there's parts that I like whenever it shows her running across the front of that building and he can kind of like feel that she's there, but they're separated by some dimensional plane. Like that's kind of cool, but. I, again, it just doesn't really add anything to the story for me. It doesn't really no, make it any no. better. Like it's a cool element, but it doesn't make the story better. Is no, how it I doesn't would put improve it, you know? anything. Yeah, you're right. Um, I mean, who who else we got? We got Alice Krieg in this. She's the main villain, Krista Bella. Yeah, uh, she was in Gretel and was Hansel. In She's the fucking best. Yeah, I totally had forgotten that that is her in. Uh, in that movie because the whole movie like I was looking at her and I was like I know her from something and then I even looked at like her IMDB, IMDB picture on like the, the main page of this movie and I'm like I recognize that picture from something else too but I never like remembered to go through and check out what other movies she'd been in but yeah duh she's the fucking witch in Gretel and Hansel and she's she's awesome but in my head I had forgotten that she was in this because in my head Pyramid Head's the big bad of this movie but he's actually not exactly it like he's the leather face of this movie where it's like he's not the big bad he just exists in the world like yeah. he he's scary as fuck oh yeah he, and, and again he's that's not the one you know that's an element of sticking to the game model that i really appreciate that this did weirdly pull off in 2006 like when you look at the the character of pyramid head from the games and you're like guy with big fucking cone mask uh-huh. head he can't see right. out of it he can't see where he's going he's just a fucking huge guy with a pyramid on his head make that real like that's not gonna turn out well right but in this actually he looks pretty fucking cool yeah i mean it's like a five piece um makeup thing that they put on him that's made mostly out of cardboard but they put some weight to it with hmm. like the darkening and shadowing it yeah. really does feel metal the entire time it does like the way that uh what's his name roberto campanella the way roberto campanella plays it is like it is heavy even though yeah. it's not like it's a real good job of being the leather face of this movie that doesn't exactly need a leather face but is served by it for oh, yeah. sure and just the design of that character with this you know again like what is the purpose of this triangular helm that he's wearing like yeah there's no way so that weird. that helps anything it's just weird and like surreal and i think dreamlike in a lot of ways like that reminds yeah. you of some weird shit you'd have in a dream where it's like well, that's really impractical, but it's fucking strange, and it sticks out in my head. And he has this yeah. gigantic sword and shit. Like, it's actually uh, pretty effective. And he the just way they drags the way he just drags it, and it's like a big effort to him to swing it. Like, yeah, I love that. That is very specific type of villainy that you need for a good villain. Yeah, which for a non-speaking where, villain, yeah. Yeah, which is where, like, Christabella kind of fails because she's she's basically Marsha Gay Harden in The the Mist, but not good. Like, Marsha Gay yeah. Harden, I'm not saying Alice Krieg is bad. I'm just saying the character is not written as deeply as a um, 
you know, a cult figure should be. A cult and I feel figure, like she shows up so late in the movie, too. Yes, exactly. She is guiding this cult that is like a central part the of the movie. The heart of everything, yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't show up for an hour. Yeah. It's like, ugh. And then when she does show up, it's like, goddamn, she's so good, especially when they take her to the um, elevator to go down to the basement. And then, you know, they've she looks at the locket and sees that her daughter looks exactly like Alessa and then calls her a witch. Like there's that real quick moment where she just gives a nod. That means beat Lori Holden to death, which is brutal as fuck, but also like so well acted by her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like at that point in the movie, you know, it was so hard to pinpoint exactly who the, the big bad in this narrative yeah. was because you have the mom show up to Silent Hill. There's the weird, yeah, like, cinder baby things. There's the weird armless thing. Then she meets, like, that witch lady that's like, oh, you must be bad because you seem really creepy and weird and try to throw me off a cliff. But, nah, that's not the bad guy either. Yeah. You know, it just kind of takes so long to find that central, like, okay, what's at yeah. the heart of this here? That By the time you it's get there, very- you're just like... Well, everything's fucked up. How bad is this person? <laughs> yeah, it's very video gamey, where it's just like everything. Every everything is a progression. Everything is a level. Every boss is a mini boss. Like n- nothing coalesces to okay. This is the big boss fight. Like if you're gonna stick to the video game style, there should be a final moment where they fight the big boss. Mm-hmm. Like, and so you, you, you spent this entire two hours dedicating to the, the game itself without giving the payoff. Yeah. The excitement of here I am yeah. at the finale of this thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, uh, very much influenced by the video games also influenced by, um, Uratseki Doji, which is, a a, a, a manga that had, is popular for being the uh manga that popularized tentacle rape oh boy (laughs) yay so that like final scene of barbed wire destruction which is amazing like yeah one of the best elements of this movie is the final scene of barbed wire killing fucking brutality oh my god dude alice krieg gets bisected by barbed wire it is amazing and that is a reference back to uh uratsuki doji which is i mean like go back and watch it but also i'm not recommending it it's gonna (laughs) it's gonna hurt your eyes but it's gorgeous (laughs) and the the music is amazing which is exactly what this movie is Right. It's gorgeous, and the music is amazing, and music is great. I don't recommend it. <laughs> yeah, at the same time, at the end of the day, yeah, not so much. Yeah, that final kill with her getting cleft in twain by, by God, barbed so wire cool. is, is hyper-brutal, and that is yeah. one thing that, you know, you know, again, I watched the movie maybe in 2006, 2007, and going back and watching it now, you know, 13, 14 years later, like, two things I did remember. I did remember that barbed wire kill, and I did remember... A couple of the other kills from the movie, like Pyramid Head, yeah, twisting the skin, the skin. Oh my off of God. fucking Kimmy Schmidt Jr. 
and throwing it at that church door, dude. Like I did remember that super, super clearly because the way that the way that he just like grabs her skin and it's amazing. It, it looks really visceral. It's it looks really real. Fuck. And the fact that Rhonda Mitchell, like early in the movie, comes across this like cart full of human skins and it, it just like blows past everything. Where it's I just see, I like, didn't even notice it. Yeah. Yeah, she just looks at it and she's like, What? And then moves on. Like she it's like her introduction into this world where she doesn't know what's happening, and then later she sees it like viscerally occur. And yeah. then he just throws it at the door as the doors close, and that Ooh. blood just splashes in. God Fucking damn it, awesome. that is brutal and amazing and so good for a horror movie. Like, if the movie was that... Yeah, if the movie for, was more of that, fuck yeah. Yeah, for like 80 to 90 minutes instead of none of that for two hours... And then part of that for half a minute. Five minutes or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? I totally, totally agree. Because that to me is like an iconic thing that shows you the director and stuff really knew what he was doing and yes. knew how to show that too. Because like there's even some theater of the mind shit there where you see the skin twist, <gasps> you hear the rip, and then you see the suit of skin thrown against the church door. And it's like it never shows you a skinned person. It never shows you a flayed human being. It's kind of like, oh. well, just let your mind kind of fill in the gaps there. Like those are smart choices to make, yes. especially if a budget is concerned and stuff like that. But it just wasn't really enough of it, man. No, it wasn't. And that's the problem. Is Although there was some other good kills and brutal moments in there too, man. That, uh, that fucking janitor corpse in the bathroom stall. <laughs> ECW is fuck, man. All that barbed wire being all strung up. Holy moly. Yeah, that was the dude who molested Alessa, which is, again, like, this movie just keeps punching you in the gut over and over and expecting you to accept it. Like, I, I, I feel like most people watching this probably don't recognize that Colin is the guy who molests her and then he's the guy who is bound by this barbed wire. Yeah, in this projection of this world that uh, and that, Alessa has made based on the yeah. horrible things that happened to her. And that that's a, a fault of the movie is that the movie doesn't bring you into the world in a way that works. Like you never feel like you've entered a second world. Like that's how m movies have to introduce you into a second world is just basically they bring you in and you feel comfortable and then they're like, okay, also, and this movie doesn't do that. This movie is the okay also. Like, the, yeah. movie, the movie starts with, okay, also, and you're like, okay, what? <laughs> I, I, I don't know what's happening. I also just think that this is more unfair representation of janitors in film. I feel like... <laughs> Dead and lovely, we really need to start a, a hashtag not all janitors. Yeah. You know, to clear the name of all the good sanitation workers <laughs> in this country and beyond that are not diddlers, that are not molesters. Dude, they but the just movies, want to go they just to keep fucking work and clean and get their goddamn check. Like, leave them yeah. alone. <laughs> Sprinkle some sawdust on some puke and check out, man. Come on. Yeah. Leave them alone. I mean, yeah, th this movie does play into the old trope of janitors are creepy. 
Um, uh, yeah, it is great though. That that barbed wire. Ooh man, mangled, it looks fucking awesome. And the way he crawls out and then touches Very the cool. wall and it just turns into death. Like every like every one of the image scenes of this movie. Like every time they're going for like visually striking, they nail it. Works. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like whenever the world transforms and you hear that air raid siren and it goes yeah. dark and you see like the paint peeling off the walls and yeah. floating up although as if it was burning but there's no fire there like right. that's a hell of a fucking look and yeah. that is yeah. extremely cool like very visually striking um i i totally will not remember the story of this or what it means but i will yeah. remember some of those images for sure they're very effective and just shows you that the director knows how to show stuff on film very competently yeah. Yeah, and and he he uh, said earlier this year he wants to do another um, Silent Hill movie, and hmm. I I'm thinking like fuck yeah, like this is I'd the let person, him do it again yeah yeah this is the person I would want to do another Silent Hill movie like he's had uh, 14 years to think about it yeah 14 years of looking at other adaptations seeing his own adaptation and knowing ways to improve it I I think he could do it. Yeah, I think that you're right, man. Uh, this storyline in this is is strange, and again, it's also accurately video gamey because yes, yeah. even as much as I love a lot of these like JRPGs and you know Japanese survival horror games, like as much as I love Final Fantasy VII, man, that storyline doesn't really fucking make any sense. And no, this movie is very much like that too, where you're like, there was a girl. Which, P.S., this is another secret witch movie, I guess. Like, turns into a secret witch movie, like fucking Suspiria or any yeah. number of these other flicks that we've talked about. Uh, secret witch movie. There's this girl that is fucking sacrificed and <laughs> tormented and stuff, and her her good side and her bad side split off. And it right. turns out these people adopted the good side of her. Although, why she's not... 30 years older i don't really know don't worry about it <laughs> like it just feels like a fucking yeah. jrpg storyline where it's just like yeah but that doesn't make sense but okay yeah it also has uh and this is like very much related to the remake culture of the early 2000s it has a ring vibe it's very much very much like the ring especially the the sh uh scene being elements where yep. he's like studying and Detecting. researching and stuff. Yeah, like there's so much where they're trying to copy other remakes of of Japanese uh, intellectual properties that it, it it's interesting. Like it's still nailing the the feel of the the movie, but it's also like I don't know. Like what <laughs> this movie is like? What what is this? Like thinking about it now 15 years later what is this movie yeah. it's it's so much a video game but it's it's also like really trying to be a good horror movie but it it's missing both kind of but both it's also, yeah it's also like nailing the video game things. yeah like a lot of video game adaptations are not hitting the levels this is but it's also 
it's not right for a movie. Like, yeah. it's just all over the place. Well, I'll tell you this, too. In addition to that, that storyline just feeling like a, again, weirdly translated Japanese RPG survival horror game storyline, like, okay, I'll put it to you this way. As I was watching this movie, there were so many points in here where I was like, man, these characters don't act like people. Like, these yeah. characters act like everyone in this movie is sleepwalking. Where, like, right. nobody it's is like really... like a dream. Yeah. It's like nobody's really as weirded out by this stuff as they should be. Right. Or their reactions to stuff are really delayed, or people are overly hostile or aggressive, or, like, people in this just don't act normal. It, right. it feels very much like a dream or something like that, and it was pissing me off. And then I was like, why do I like that whenever Dario Argento does it? Like, <laughs> what is it in my fucking brain? That you're like, if there's a chimp and, and you know, yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Like, what uh, is it in my brain that loves phenomena but doesn't get this? And then what think, really hit me about this, man. I think it's the embrace man, of the absurdity. Right, that's like, kind of the thing. Cool There's like it. a built-in campiness yeah. and absurdity to those movies, and I don't know if it's intentional or not. But like, what really hit me this time while I was watching this movie, man, is like, it finally hit me where I was like, this must be how other people feel when they watch Giallo movies. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Where it's just like, oh, I feel foreign to this. Yeah. Like no this matter feels like, what. It feels like it was written in one language, translated to another one, right. and then the actors were just reading the lines phonetically. Like yep. that's how a lot of the voiceovers, even in Castlevania Symphony of the Night, that game has some of the worst voiceovers uh -huh. ever because it's clearly being read by people that don't speak English. You're probably just reading the lines right. phonetically. That's very common in games of that time period. This movie feels like that, only I know that all these people fucking speak English. Yeah, that, I mean, the way they talk to each other is so otherworldly that I feel like it must be trying to establish the entire idea that everything that happens is not actually happening. Yeah. Like, it's, it's happening on another world, like a dream plane, where all these things make sense. They all work together because... It's a dream. No matter what doesn't make sense, it's smoothed together by the dream logic. But here's the thing is we've seen that done perfectly in a movie yeah. that inspired the game that inspired this movie. Right. Jacob's Ladder. This yep. movie to me feels like a a Jacob's Ladder that felt more of an obligation to be a horror movie. Yep. Uh, and we've seen in Jacob's Ladder how beautiful that narrative can be told of someone searching um, for something and searching for someone and not knowing that they have passed into the next life. And right, man, alive! Jacob's Ladder is just such a fucking beautiful movie. Such a and great movie, yeah. It was a huge inspiration to the original video game with all those nasty yeah. hospital scenes and stuff like that. This movie, I feel like, is just playing like not second fiddle, but like fourth or fifth fiddle. To <laughs> right. That. But I don't know, like I said, it's like, to me, the way that these characters just don't seem like normal human beings interacting with each other really took me out of it. Even going back to, like, the entire reason that they went to Silent Hill. Okay, you adopt a kid, the kid sleepwalks and has dreams where they're, like, talking about this other town, and you're like, guess I should take them there. Like, is that... Right. 
Is that what you do? No. Is that the whole reason you do that? I don't think it is. Yeah, no. Yeah, you're, you're chi- your adopted child is spouting gibberish, and you're like, how do I find meaning in this? And do it without telling your husband either, without telling it's the kid's dad? Really like, weird. What? Yeah. Yeah, it's a strange way to go about life for sure. And then they also like hint at the idea that like he may be abusive, but it like it never it never denies that. That's the problem is like Gucci again. <laughs> yeah, Gucci. Whatever, yeah. Gucci is like you know, a lot of times women run away to a place like this, they're running away from an abusive husband. And he's like, just find her or whatever. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like, okay. He doesn't say like, I'm not abusive. What a fucking weird thing to say. He, it's like, so it makes it kind of hard to get on his side too. Exactly. It's like all of the elements with old Sean Bon is just like, <laughs> scene what bean. the? Yeah. What? The, what is he here for? Like, there's no reasoning behind it other than him smelling her at one point. <laughs> and they also like kind of half-ass hint that there might be something wrong with the daughter like yeah whenever she's at that gas station she's like the medications don't work anymore you know that as her father or whatever <laughs> like, yeah what the what are you fuck? talking about yeah, for non-sleepwalking I, medications is that what you're talking about right like this movie should have just been an hour and a half of a screen that said play silent hill like yeah don't I mean, not that I'm mad at Christoph Gans's attempts. It's just like, well, it doesn't try to do anything other than just be Silent Hill for an hour and a half or two hours. Like, I mean, that the game already exists. You've not improved or done anything by making this movie. Yeah. And I mean, there are elements that are cool. Like, I really do like that they based the town of Silent Hill on the real life town of Centralia, Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the place where there's a, a coal fire that started in the late 60s or early 70s that will continue to burn for 200 years. Wow. And nobody can live there and it is just coal exhaust and the worst. Yeah, Hooray. yeah, releasing fucking carbon Dioxide, yeah. monoxide, one or the other. Whichever one's really bad for you. Monoxide. It's releasing all the bad. All the bad. It's letting all the bad stuff out. And and also, too, like, there's another town, apparently, in Australia where... Yeah, there are others. Yeah, There's been a fucking fire going for, like, 6,000 years underneath this place. And yeah. it's cool because it makes you wonder, like, sometime long ago, did some ancient person dig a hole? And they're like, there's fire under here. Hell in the afterworld. Like, is that where this came from? I mean, kind of, I would assume, right? Like, there, there, there is some element of discovering large, like, fire in the ground. What? How is that a thing? <laughs> I'm saying it out loud, and as I'm saying it, I'm like, what the fuck? There is fire in the ground. Yeah, yeah. But that exists. That's so, yeah, that had to have at some point been like, Somebody was digging because they were like, well, you know. I need a hole. Duh. need a hole for whatever reason. And they were like, oh, what the shit? There's fire under the earth. I'm scared. 
<laughs> and of course I know about Centralia because it's the name of the first Car Bomb album check out Car Bomb obviously fucking sick ass <laughs> band I like that element of the movie I like um, I like the weird cycle that it seems like the cult is stuck in where they seem to be stuck in this weird time loop of like witch hunting and stuff like right. that town is not progressing nothing is moving forward time itself has stopped in this town because this religious cult is so obsessed with purity and scouring the world of witches and stuff like i like the idea that they are somehow frozen in time because of those pursuits it's never really clarified but it is kind of cool i guess like i like yeah, that no, about I'm it. With you. yeah and yeah, i love yeah, the soundtrack cool. the soundtrack of course it's like oh. you can give all credit to the fucking video game because yep. other than ring of fire by johnny cash it's all music from the video game that's just been re-recorded yeah, and Akira Yamaoka is was responsible for the the soundscape of Silent Hill, and they just duplicated that with uh, Jeff Dana. So, yeah, Very it, if you like if you like the game, it, again, it just nails the game while failing at being a great movie, but also having so many good horror moments that it's like, well, I mean, maybe this movie should be talked about more than it is but it's also like well it's not good <laughs> yeah because i know people that really are nuts about this thing i mean it ended up in the in the smoking bowl a million times because people love it you know yeah absolutely there's a lot to like here and they even slipped in some like i think slightly more um more interesting things in here with some of the dualities and stuff they present in the movie some of them i think are very obvious like having characters that are opposites named Rose and Dahlia, both like flower names. Right. But you've also got, obviously, the the good side and the evil side of the girl. You've got the main mom and the witch mom. Like, they're both just right. people trying to do the best for their kid and stuff, but presented in different ways. And obviously, the two different worlds that the movie exists in. Like, they're trying to play around with some cool concepts and stuff. Yeah, but Definitely. It's just not very good, man. No, it's too long. It's too video yep. gamey. It, yep. it doesn't nail the moments that it should. Like, it'll introduce some real great moments, like the time where Lori Holden and, and Ronna Mitchell are in that, like, closet, basically, and the and Pyramid Head is, like, stabbing through the door and reaching yeah. through. And like, there's all the bugs are, and shit. Yeah, they're just like super intense moments and then it just goes away. And then there's like, oh, here's fucking faceless titty nurses. Why were the nurses hot? Uh, like, why are they like, wearing sexy costumes? Why? And they I were mean, like doing the that, thriller dance. What? That's a great question. Why Why were <laughs> the nurses hot? Why were they doing... Like, I, it, the, the nurse they show that I guess they're supposed to be duplicates of just looks in on Alessa and notices she has burns and then Alessa invents these entire like army of nurses protecting her it's yeah it's a strange bit but that's like shit you see in a video game where you're like exactly. well you could have these yeah. enemies that are nurses or they could have their tits out because teenage boys are playing the game like those are video game choices they don't make sense and they also don't make sense for a fucking movie either. Although on the subject of those burns, I gotta say, man alive, fuck. Like all the parts in this movie, which there are many, where somebody gets like their skin burnt, like whenever the cop uh -huh. is being lowered yeah. over the fire. Woo, man, Jesus Christ. And you see the skin blistering over and stuff like that. 
Holy moly. That stuff yeah. is fucking brutal. Same with the Lesso when you see the supercharged body. Again, practical effects. Whenever it does the practical stuff, it's cool. Even in the flashbacks, it's got that like gritty, kind of like grindhousey kind of look about it. Fucking effective. More of that. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think this movie needs more of the visual and less attempts at being a video game. Yeah. Yeah. And and honestly, the biggest impression I can take from this is that what's the director's name again? Uh, Christoph Gans. Let that guy plan out the next Silent Hill game. I think that's the best thing that can come out of this. I think this whole movie reads as an audition to please let me direct the next video game. And I would let him do it. I think that he could nail it. I think he could do something very scary within the video game world that didn't really come out in a non-interactive format of a movie. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I guess if I'm determining a score for this it's i mean it obviously does exactly what it's going for which is to try to nail the feel of the the game but it fails then at being a good movie yeah uh so it i mean it, it's important i think in the like evolution of video game to movie adaptations because it tried so hard to actually be the video game but it also just doesn't work as a horror movie or as a movie so yeah, totally for me for me this is like i don't know like a three and a half to a four maybe yeah what do you think? i'm right there i'm right there with you man because it's like it's like everything that you said man it's too much fan service to the video game. If I wanted it to be this much like the video game, I'd just fucking play the video game instead. Exactly. And I would be more entertained because I'm the one in control. I don't really want to just sit here and watch someone play Silent Hill for two hours. Only it's really mainly just the cutscenes and none of the interactive stuff. Yeah. Because that doesn't work to watch. It works to it play. Doesn't. But it just does, to sit yeah. back and watch, not so much. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there there are a lot of good elements to this, I think, like, visually. Yeah. But it, yeah, it just doesn't work. And just fucking over two hours long. Come on, man. <laughs> cut, all, cut all the Sean Bean stuff. It doesn't <laughs> need more man in it to be a fucking movie. Whoever made that no. decision is a fucking moron. Cut all the Sean Bean stuff. Cut all these just, like, needless lengthening of the movie parts. You know, there's so many scenes in here that are just obviously are just to make the movie longer that don't need yeah. to be in there. And maybe you'd have something more watchable, but yeah, as it is, I'm right there with you. Like three and a half, four. I, I'm in no rush to watch this anytime again, man. But it does kind of make me want to play some video games. So Yeah, same. There's that. Yep. It, it it is effective in that way. Well, we'll be having some fun on the show next week because we're gonna be reviewing something that is a hoot and a holler. Tell them about uh -huh. Steve. It is Slither, submitted by Dr. G-Virus. Woo, that's right. This is part of our Fanuary series, right? That's right. We are just picking movies from the movies submitted to us. This first uh, episode in January, we picked personally. The second episode will be picked by uh, a vote from the movies that have been submitted. Third one's already been picked by my wife from the movie submitted. It's going to be Young Frankenstein. 
And then the fourth one will be randomly selected as usual. Awesome. How can people get their movies submitted into that January bowl? You can go to Patreon.com, baby. That's Uh right. Trim Spa, baby. (laughs) Yeah, Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Go become a $5 patron. You can submit a movie to the smoking bowl that may get randomly selected to be reviewed on the show. That's right. And also, you just support your boys, so that's cool, too. And you get access to all the cool Patreon-only episodes and stuff that we do a couple times a month. So be sure to go over there and support us on Patreon. Also, if you want to help support the show, rate and review wherever you can. I've been keeping Mm -hmm. my eyes peeled. I've not seen Mm -hmm. any good reviews pop up here in a couple of weeks. But some good ones on there, and I'm going to read them on the show. Okay? So you can be fucking famous. God you can be fucking damn. famous. Mm-hmm. Go in there, put on a good review, and I'll make you a star, baby. Be somebody, <laughs> baby. Leave a review for the show. And That's also right. hang out with us on uh, Instagram and all the other social media yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Instagram, uh, uh, Dead Lovely Pod, uh, Twitter, same. Uh, also, we, we do the Friday Night Screaming Chat where we watch a movie that maybe isn't that great, and we go, ha, 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 it's not that great, and we drink. That's a good thing. Everybody needs that. Everybody needs that in their life. So be sure to check that stuff out. Hang out with us. I hope everyone is moving from a safe and happy holiday season into a safe and happy New Year's. I mean, I know myself, I fucking, I never really get into New Year's and stuff anyway, so I'm not, I'm not fucking doing anything. Last year I was playing a show. Of course, that's, that's not happening this year, so I'll just be at home and I hope, uh, hope you guys are doing the same. Hopefully you guys are spending time with people that are right there in your little closed up bubble or people that are in your home, you can still have a good time hanging out at the house. Uh, please, 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 please be careful. Please don't overburden that fucking healthcare system. Please. Jesus please, Christ. Please, please. We are, please. we are on the fucking verge of collapse. And keep yep. in mind too, that, you know, if that healthcare system gets overwhelmed, if those ICU beds and stuff like that are all full, even if you're Mr. Responsible and you don't fucking get COVID, but you fall out a window and break your leg or you get in a car crash or you have a you heart fucked. attack or you have a stroke, that's the same ICU you go into. Yeah. Yep. And if there's not a bed for you, you're fucked. Yep. Okay. So please, for the love of fucking God, everybody, please be, be careful. careful. Please be responsible. Don't overwhelm our medical workers it's at a tipping point as it is so please everyone be safe out there thank you very much this has been my ted talk (laughs) that was a good ted talk (laughs) thank you thank you yeah and be sure to tune in next week on the show i look forward to talking about that movie with you because it's one of my favorites it's a good one it's a gross movie it's so gross yeah it's gonna be a a fun time yeah definitely so you guys be sure to tune in then And thank you so much for listening to this episode of Dead and Lovely. I have been Uncle Ben. I've been Hollywood Steve. We've been Dead and Lovely. Catch you all next time. Bye. Bye. Something, something, video game. <laughs> I was just kind of wondering, though, like, what video games do you think she would like to play? What is sleepy and lazy enough and, like, sad enough that Lana Del Rey would play?
Because um, I think she's playing fucking <laughs> PlayStation WWF Raw, and she's like making oh. her own characters and stuff like you did back yeah, in the day. Yeah, That's what I think she's playing. She's into some like fucking redneck stuff. Oh, okay. I was thinking maybe she was into like Undertale or something, but like, yeah, it's, it is probably something unexpected, but also yeah. like not great. Uh huh. It's just yep. like what backyard why? wrestling game. Yeah, like why are you into that? That's crazy. <laughs> All I wanna do is play backyard wrestling, and she's asleep again. Oh, Lana! No, <laughs> Lana, wake up! You gotta record the song.